Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and it is today, the WNR286. It's our fifth anniversary show. I'm so pleased to be here, and I'm even more pleased to say, yes, he's back. I am once again joined by... Dan White, and I'm back, and I'm better than ever. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. It's been a long, long time, but we are back. Um, you are still featured in every single episode because we have had a couple of clip shows these past couple of weeks. Indeed, yes, and uh, automobile heel problems and the COVID kind of lockdown has kept us apart. But I've done my isolation. I've been hand washed all over. <laughs> By the Alco hand spray stuff, not by someone's hands. Yeah, no, I've I've, I've been, de- you know, it's it was devastating to delay, of course, the anniversary show. And like you said, you did have some good reasons, I suppose. So I'll let you I off did, on that. Yes, yes, indeed. But you know, we're back together as a unit, doing the thing that we had doing. How long now? Five, seven, five long years. We've been doing this now, and it's crazy to think that we sat down the kind of week before the anniversary show five years ago and recorded this. I mean, at that point in time, I think none of us, or either of us either, would have thought um, it would have kind of gone to the way it has. Do you know what I mean? But uh, how's things anyway in your life? I mean, obviously, you've not been busy with all this... Uh, isolation and stuff yeah well you know i've been doing gardening an awful awful lot of gardening i'm growing my own mint so if any listeners want to uh put in on my mint farm they're more than welcome to and been growing (laughs) sweet corn and other veg cleaned my car (laughs) after fixing it myself oh you fixed it yourself well see there we go you know you're you are a handy man you know but like we said, we're back, and uh, before we do anything, let's just do the alternate intro. And we should have said, seriously, in these times, um, only essential workers are present in this studio, and we remain at least two metres apart from one another, and we are advised of the health and safety protocols in advance when it comes to this. And like I said, we are celebrating our anniversary, but like I said, everybody still stay safe, uh, stay at home, and of course, keep washing your hands as well. But, you know, I thought about playing a kind of opening theme, to start this episode out, can we do the the if I see you again one? <laughs> no, well, yeah, I was thinking about that. Yes, we were. Hopefully, we're spread it. Going to play uh, different tunes because we did have one for the Dublin R one hundred and of course Dublin R two hundred and two fifty. But when we talk about opening themes as well, we talk about you know the kind of reasons that we first started it, and there has been a few, and we're just going to play them for you now, starting with of course twenty fifteen. Hello and welcome to the WWE Network Review, a brand new podcast. Thanks for downloading. It reviews the WWE Network and see if it offers value for money. My name is James Rollins and I'm joined by my two friends, Dan White and Dwayne. Hello and welcome to the WWE Network Review, a weekly podcast where we look at the very best the WWE has to offer by watching something then, now and forever and seeing if it's worth the $9.99 a month. James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by Dan White and Jared Gawler. Hello, and welcome to the WNR or the WWE Network Review. My name is James Rowlands. As a child, I was a diehard wrestling fan, and my love never faded. A year ago, I started a podcast with my friend Dan White. 
Since then, we watch the very best the W Minerk has to offer by watching something then, now, and forever, and see if it's worth the 9.99 a month. One day, we'll have watched everything on the network, but until then, we are with you, and we are the WNR. My name is James Rowlands, and I am a lifelong wrestling fan. In 2015, I started a podcast with my friend, Dan White, reviewing the WWE Network and seeing if it's worth the 9 99 a month. It was. And since then, every month, we watch the latest WWE pay-per-views, NXT, and now 205 Live. Still continuing our journey through the network, watching ECW, WCW, and all its classic content. Until we've watched it all, we are with you, and we are the WNR. My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the WNR podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018... Not only are we live for the big four events in every NXT TakeOver, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we'll bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, WWE pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you, and we are the WNR. My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015... I started the WNR podcast with my friend, Dan White. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you, and we we are the WNR. My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a Domino podcast with my friend, Dan White. And for five years, we have brought you the very best of the network, but it's time for a change. Now, we don't just confine ourselves to Vinnie Mac, bring you AEW, Impact, NJPW, and all the latest for the British wrestling scene. But we will still bring you all our old favourites, including NXT Update, Takeovers and live shows for the Big Four. This year we will decide who is the greatest British wrestler in the world, plus so much more. But until we watch everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. So it is our anniversary, Dan. Who would have thought it would have been five years? You know, when we first started this uh, what what were you going through your mind the very first kind of even record? It wasn't even a proper recording, was it? You know, it wasn't. No, it was just three of us sat round a, a laptop <laughs> in a room, and we used to do it in a bedroom. We used to do it in a bedroom. We've upgraded to like a fifteen-room mansion, <laughs> and uh, it's a cottage mansion. By it's the cottage way, mansion, cottage mansion, obviously. Mansion. But you know, we was just crowded round a laptop doing this. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of evolved into something a lot bigger. You know, we was looking forward to getting nearly 100 listens on our first podcast, and now we're disappointed if we get less than 25,000. Yeah, well, incredibly, and we're going to try and go through a few stats and statistics today as well, celebrating anniversary. 
we have over had over one point two five million listens since we've started. <laughs> you know? Wow! So when you think about that, it's just incredible. And again, thank you to everybody uh, who has been a listener and a follower. We've got some news as well. We're gonna like we're gonna say today's show is all about kind of looking back and enjoying our five years. And we're gonna credit the people that were there from the very beginning as well. We're gonna talk about that on Twitter in a little bit. And I think the best way, rather than to go through, because I think we made a mistake a couple of times. Uh, when we talk about anniversary shows, where we try to go through every single episode that we've done. Of course, we've done that now, and that's on there. So we're just going to go, like, there's a few points, but there's a few things, I think, if there's anything you can think of, Dan, the same thing as my, me as well, we're just going to talk about and kind of elaborate on as well and try and just get through it. And, of course, we've got a very special thing later on the show as well. We're going to try and look back at the shows that we attended we'll see how many we can try and find, see the people that were there and see if we can, you know, the the pictures and all the memories as well that comes from that. Because I think that's when it truly started. You know, when we went to that wrestling event like 2013 together, there was yeah. kind of connection yeah. and that kind of stead through, do you know what I mean, in a way? Yeah, well, you know, you kind of, you see wrestlers that you wouldn't have thought became what they've become now. And, you know, we're not going to reveal too much of the wrestlers just yet, but... I'm sure we might have mentioned them once or twice of wrestlers that we've seen. And, yeah, you know, they have been amazing moments. And, you know, we've seen things that, you know, you wouldn't have thought of seeing yeah. either. And, you know, they probably didn't mean much to us at that point. But looking back on it, so, fuck it, no, you know, we've seen a four-way super kick involving four of the biggest wrestlers going at the moment. Exactly. We've seen the WWE champion in action, you know, like so me, met him as well. And, of course, other people will we'll talk about that. But I think that's kind of the influence of meeting them and the kind of love for wrestling kind of started um, with that. And, you know, when the... I don't know how I come up... I've been listening to podcasts for a while because obviously Kevin Smith yeah. uh, and the stuff he does. And what he was saying was that anybody can do it. And I was thinking, well, at that time, there wasn't that many podcasts. You know, we talk about five years ago. The landscape has drastically changed uh, since then with the amount of podcasts, which is not a knock, because like you said, no, yeah. if, if you want to do it, do it. But like I said, when we started it, there wasn't a lot around. You know? It's also, it'd be nice to think that we've influenced a podcast or two. You know, someone's thought, that sounds good. I want to try and do something similar to that. And, you know, they've gone off after hearing one of our podcasts and thought, yeah, let's do it. Well, the thing is, is that, again, you know, people can send us an email or anything like that and say if we're wrong or not. But watch-alongs were not a thing when we kind of first started. Yes, there was a kind of commentary track on a DVD, like a a kind of Beyond the Mat or something. But people weren't sitting there and watching the whole event and kind of calling it. And I think for us, we kind of were different for everything else. Because we weren't sitting just reviewing it. We were watching it and getting involved. And the watch-along things now, even with the network programming, there is a watch-along program where people do that, you know. So... I'm not saying, but it's weird. That's why Vince wanted to shut us down. Well, exactly. And we were going to talk about that as well. Why the reasons for it. And again, we were ahead of the game uh, about a network review, you know. Uh, and like I said, with the podcast, there was, I, I definitely listened to Talk is Jericho and the Stone Cold podcast. There were two I definitely. Yeah, um, I, I listened to the Stone Cold podcast. I think I listened to, I don't want to say this in front of James, but Colt Cabana. <sighs> podcast as well you know the art of wrestling that was something that was quite enjoyable because of him but because of who he interviewed yes and to give the devil his due i would say i was really into that and again when we met him at you that know point... he was really into colt cabana <laughs> up until you met him yeah i know it's like a jared scenario again i really like jared then i met him i thought what a dick <laughs> <laughs> only joking jared well this is the thing and um 
and that's the interviews and we weren't doing interviews at the time uh there were a couple there was the attitude era podcast which is a fantastic podcast with the guys watching it uh and, and credit to them that was a definite influence on the double nine podcast there's, there's no doubt about that i've also seen an undertaker podcast as well floating about the twitter sphere like they just basically have gone from everything the undertaker has done throughout his oh, whole career really? it's not as good as our four-part undertaker no. special without a doubt covering but... 30 years of the dead man which is now available on uh, SoundCloud as well, all in one easy place. But like I said, and uh, the, the few, and of course the new generation podcast as well. Uh, that's that was quite enjoyable. Uh, and this is the thing, and there was a market there. The W Network had just become available in the UK. And I, I, do you know what? Personally, I feel if Dwayne wasn't there for the first couple, you wouldn't have done it. Do you know what I mean in that way? Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, and it probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah, I, I felt like maybe you needed a little bit of, of someone there to then kind of get into it in that way. Otherwise, it would have just seemed a bit too... It is quite, again, we've got used to it now, but it's quite difficult for two guys just trying to start and making sure there's no kind of spaces or gaps or you're kind of stuttering over it. We've, we've turned it into more of a conversation, you know. And also, we've gone from a lot less... Um, uh, uh, um, 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 and you know, we kind of listening back to the early ones. Found we repeated a lot of stuff, like, oh yeah, they've they've got a good repertoire and they've got ability yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's kind of gone from just saying them few key words to saying a lot more and elaborating on what we see and you know, giving our own thoughts as opposed to other things as well. Yeah, I think without doubt, you know, and like I said, when we started, um, we, we had Twitter to begin with. But I wasn't really sure uh, how to use it. We're just starting to get used to it now. Our big thing was Google+. And they've shut that down since then, so that does make us feel old. But Google+, was one of those that the interaction with the people when we first started doing it kind of uh, did worthwhile. But like I said, you know, I've I've been saying on Twitter as well, so I love a professional wrestling. And we couldn't do this and we wouldn't do it if it wasn't for people listening and the response that we get. And even in those early weeks, we... Even if it was, it doesn't matter to me if it was two or three people instead of hundreds or thousands. Yeah, and it's not just that that's kind of kept us going. It's like the retweets from Hacksaw Jim Duggan and, <laughs> you know, the early celebrities. You know, me getting, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but getting followed by Vince Russo. Yeah, Vince Russo, yeah. Well, I tell you saying now, and uh, again, because it was our fifth anniversary, Vince Russo followed the WNR podcast as well. So he follows both of us because obviously he's a friend of yours. He was following you. I like, said Vince, go on, mate. Go, go on, on, Vince. Give, give him a follow. Him a yeah. solid. And also Sergeant Slaughter is now. I'm also well. followed by Jazz as well. You Jazz, yeah. Well, we got Sergeant Slaughter. That's not too bad. Sergeant S. Laughter. And we're gonna get Joey Ryan. Joey, I know you're listening to this. I'm gonna get you to follow the WNR podcast. I don't. I don't care how much it costs. Uh, but like I said, Google Plus and the interactions with the fans was great. Uh, the stuff we were doing on the podcast, we were trying to split it up, weren't we, really, into the kind of uh, like a, a documentary of W24, like the Roman Reigns uh, episode we watched. And of course, Extreme Rules 2015 was our very first pay-per-view that we covered. And uh, we kind of started doing that and uh, we were doing it um, fortnightly at, at that time as well. And it was interesting because, of course, Dwayne was two episodes and then Jared joined. But we've had a couple of characters show up on the podcast, haven't we? You know? uh, we have, yes. Obviously, Jared and Dwayne. But also, the fabled butler as well, who has since passed away. I respect. Great, 
serving place in the sky where the butler's uh, going to be residing from now on? Yeah, well, weirdly enough, he might like Jesus have risen because we have a couple of people that just want to say uh, a special few words here on our anniversary show. So we're going to play that right now. Good evening, one and all, on this momentous occasion. It has been an honour to have buttled for five years. And let's hope many, many more. Stay safe, peace to you all, and love. Hello, WNR. Well done for five years. I love you all. <laughs> Dan, what do you think of that, eh? Wow. Um, I honestly thought the butler was dead. <laughs> but, you know, I've, I've been... This is the first time I've actually been wrong this year. Yeah. And that's going to be the only time I'm wrong this year. So, you know, I might as well get it out of the way. But, yeah, you know, it was good hearing them beautiful words. It was like a this is your life moment. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting the door. Well, I tell you what, fair play to Jared for uh, giving us a message on our fifth anniversary. Like I said, he was a part of it without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, what happened to Dwayne, anyway? He fell off a boat last time I heard. Um, yes, he's uh, he's been stranded on an island for the past four years. Um, he was stranded with a bow and some arrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we might see him in six months' time or we might see a vigilante figure in Canterbury <laughs> or in our local. Yeah, well... I think that's interesting that we hear from both of them. Um, obviously, Dwayne is not available because, like we said, he's on Leanne Yu. And the butler and Jared will, of course. Um, you know, like we said, we appreciate everybody that has been a part of the WNR podcast, no matter how big or little over the years. I'm sure the butler featured on one of the Dead or Alive games and I said he was <laughs> dead and you said, yeah. But, you know. All right. So let's move on. And we're going to talk about kind of uh, the years as well because 2015 fortnightly we changed to weekly uh, there were a few episodes during that time that uh, were kind of I-, I feel quite good but for me now like you said looking back at it five years a bit too mished up do you know what I mean it weren't kind of there was themes in a certain way but it kind of didn't work out the way I wanted I think my problem and I've learned it recently is just trying to cram too much into something sometimes you know we all have that problem in our life, James. <laughs> yeah. Some, the, the, the content was good, but sometimes, especially with the recording as well in the early times, we were up until, I remember watching Survivor Series 96, and we were up to like, you know, midnight, one o'clock, and I just thought, on a Wednesday night, this is maybe a bit too excessive. But again, you, you kind of learn from your mistakes, and the, the people kind of listening. And I think, again, I will always say this, what turned the corner for us, and what turned the corner for me was the WNR25 with the, the Undertaker special. When that came out, I think people realised what, you know, our love of wrestling in a way, you know, in, in, in that kind of thing. Absolutely. And I can remember the one thing, memory I take away from that series of podcasts is how much fed up I got watching The Undertaker. <laughs> because by the end of part three, it's like, fucking, how many more Undertaker matches are we going to have to watch? I know it's an Undertaker special, but that just went on. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. Well, I think the trilogy kind of helped us project ourselves into something else, you know. And I think, uh, can you remember Seamus cashing in on Roman Reigns at Survivor Series? I can't. I can remember the Untaker specials, though. So I think 2015, for me, will kind of be uh, remembered into that. Was there anything in the early... What were you thinking in 2015... When you're doing this, are you thinking to yourself, oh, we might not meet up next week or, you know? Um, well, you know, obviously didn't think we'd be celebrating a five-year anniversary. I didn't think we'd be celebrating a one-year anniversary. I thought, you know, 
this was a fly-by-wire thing because, you know, it wasn't, I don't know, a, a kind of impactful thing in life. It was, you know, just something that we'd meet up and do, you know, once a fortnight. And, you know, I think there was a couple of times I was a bit late or, you know, yeah. may have been nearly absent. And, you know, I just thought, yeah, you know, this is a last for a little while. And then it kind of won't take off the way it was, it, had, it took off. And then, you know, it just kind of be something then... I'll, I'll, I'll probably never see James again. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. Um, I, I need to thought that past three weeks. To be fair. <laughs> but no, no, it's fine. Uh, like I say, the, the early time was just the same of of cracking it out. And we were eating pizza during recordings. We were... Uh, ice cubes, the game changer. Ice cubes, the game changer. Rustling crisp packets. The volume being too loud. I uh, think we'd uh, we'd be smoking yeah, at certain exactly. points as well. Talking over one another, you know. It was talking kind of... over one another as well, you know. <laughs> it was, you know, like I said, it was it was it was an experimenting time, shall we say? Um, and then we headed into 2016, and of course, Jab was still a part of it. I think Jab was still a part. Up until maybe Money in the Bank, I think I remember. Definitely by the WNR50. He, he was at the WNR50. I, I, I think about 55, 60, he'd be kind of doing sporadic episodes mm. and uh, again, basically. No, apart from that message, that's the first time since probably the WNR60 like, days be featured on the podcast. So, But like we say, no matter how big or little, and I think Jail was an important part because at that time, I think the roles we were playing, we were watching the network. We were trying to pick out something then, now, and forever, and uh, also watching the events every month. And I think the thing was is that I was the guy who was kind of the, the you know the guy that kind of knew everything about wrestling. Do you remember paper scripts as well, wrestling? But yes, we definitely did have. I've got piles and piles of paper scripts um, upstairs. Um, twenty sixteen, like I said, was an interesting year. Again, can you remember much from WWE in twenty sixteen at that time? Um, the Shield. No, Shield weren't around. Weren't they? No, Ambrose was cha- Ambrose was the champion, wasn't he? Twenty sixteen. Yeah, I mean, I meant the Shield characters. Like <laughs> oh yeah, all right, yeah. Uh, John Cena was a bit more of a bit part, uh, less of a bit part player. That was your match of the year versus AJ Styles. Yeah, in, AJ. In, uh, remember AJ Styles AJ watching Styles. Royal Rumble twenty sixteen yeah. entry number three. <laughs> AJ Styles coming in and they completely fucked the camera work up when we saw Roman Reigns instead of the actual. Proper intro as it should have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, exactly. That's a memory for 2016. Triple H won that Royal Rumble. He did, and then went on to lose to uh, Roman Reigns. Reigns in the worst main main event. And he got booed. I think they had to bring the Rock out to try and salvage it, and that didn't even. Work. I think yeah, that was like the Rumble. I think as well. Uh, like you said, there was uh, the following year maybe the Rock was there. The Rock flamethrower WrestleMania 32. I think we remember. Yeah. Um, NXT at the time because NXT was one of these things. That's what I'm probably most proud of. Um, we'll probably get onto that in a little bit. But like the kind of the with the NXT, we had the Joe watch because Jad was such a big fan. And it's weird about Jad because the amount of people we first started, uh, it was like, oh, I want Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Rey Mysterio to come back. Uh, you know what I mean? And literally all the TNA guys that he had watched did then come over at that time when he stopped watching, didn't he, you know? Yeah, yeah, indeed. And it's like, Joe had kind of, he had evolved, especially on NXT, not so much on the main roster. AJ Styles, again, as you say, well, as we said in 2016. Uh, Rey Mysterio, his triumphant return as well. Um, you know, just, they were f- free of Jared's 
all-time favourite wrestlers as well. Yeah. Well, Joe was NXT champion because Balor has had that fantastic run leading into 2016. Uh, Banks and Bailey as well at TakeOver, both in August at Brooklyn and the following month. Do you remember when you said, oh yeah, there's a new Japanese wrestler joined and I was like watching <laughs> Zuki Nakamura and it was like, yeah. And it's like, how the fuck did you know that? Yeah, no, well, yeah, I suppose. Uh, one thing we did start that has kind of stayed to this day as well, we had always done predictions but what out, I think mainly, this is kind of start of 2017 as well, it was James versus Dan. And how do you think James versus Dan has gone on? I mean, we have had some wars over the years, haven't we? We have, yeah. We've had uh, the, the scandal of uh, Retain. The Retain <laughs> scandal. That was... No, let's just not go into that because we might get into a fist fight. There was nothing wrong with Retain. I nearly so left right. over Retain. <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with fucking Retain. But no, it did get very personal, and it was, you know, a fun and en- it is still is a fun and enjoyable thing to do. You know, it's it kind of I don't know, it brings something to the pay per views where WWE might be a lacking a bit yeah. in the pay per views. The kind of personal rivalry helps, kind of you know, get us into the matches and cheer on a wrestler. And see, I think we've we have. I'm sure we went for a streak at one time or another, kind of having exactly the same rules about 17, 18 matches in a row. I mean, there was a year where we just couldn't be separated. That's that's the thing. There was one year it was really close. This year is really close. Yeah. Uh, there's been a couple of years. I, I remember you winning it. I was devastated when you won it in 2015, the first year of the podcast. I was. I mean, yes, it was only like six months, but still, it was it was kind of like ugh. And uh, but you smashed me one year, and I and I I beat you quite well last year as well. So like I said, it's three to two at the moment. My favourite, but can Dan draw at level kind of this year? And we've the prediction leagues. I mean, Dan, for anybody that doesn't know the prediction leagues, we've explained to everybody. Well, we started off by having just one prediction league, and it was the WWE pay per views. We kind of evolved that into two, the bonus prediction league and the WWE pay per views, and that went into three. That was a WWE, NXT and bonus. And now this year, we've got four pay-per-view prediction leagues with the recent emergence of AE as well. Yeah, and exciting times as well because obviously we've got Money in the Bank next weekend. So of course it's going to be James versus Dan for that. And at the end of the month, it's AEW Double or Nothing, the second AEW pay-per-view. So what do you think of this uh, different concept to Money in the Bank? They've got to kind of get to the top floor of WWE corporate. I think it's interesting. I think we haven't seen anything like that before. Both matches are going to take place at the same time, which is going to be quite interesting. Will we see some shenanigans on some parts? You know, I think, yeah, it it will help talent and it will help kind of make things roll along smoother. And there's going to be, there is going to be a lot of cutting between scenes, obviously, with people on different floors and like they're kind of shenanigans. But again, as you say, you know, it's something completely new and... If we, again, go back to WrestleMania, something that they've kind of adapted, the Boneyard match and uh, the Firefly Funhouse match, they was two very good matches, very enjoyable yeah. matches. So, you know, hopefully they're trying to go off the heat that these two matches brought. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that would be interesting to see uh, what happens at Money in the Bank. Uh, but we'll, we'll move on with this. And one of the other things that we started doing uh, in 2015 was something that's kind of stuck with us. And I think it's, I don't know if it's, I think it might be my favourite time of year. And I think, don't get me wrong, I like the year-end predictions that we do. And I think that may be, I don't want to put anything in your mouth, Dan. That might be your favourite. But the WNR awards for me is a chance to kind of, I don't want to say give back, but 
to kind of really get our thoughts on what we thought of the year, you know? Yeah, um, you know, the awards, they're for what we feel, you know, not might not be the most popular choices of awards, but it's for how we feel and, you know, wrestlers that have touched us in a way that other wrestlers just haven't. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's fair to say. I think, like you say, we started off with kind of the basics, match of the year, paper of the year, uh, superstar of the year. We now got a man and woman uh, and they're all as well as a superstar as well and Becky Lynch I think won that and not forgetting year. James the Johnny Gagano award for most punishment taken in a match <laughs> yeah. and you know that is award brought, about, brought around by Johnny Gagano during the punishment he took in the ladder match against OP yeah. but not only that but getting beaten the fuck out of by his former now current now former yeah. now current now former, former yeah. tag team partner yeah, I mean, and that's the interesting thing that we've seen. We've got the RKO of the year as well, uh, you know, and a lot of things like that this. That award came out of nowhere, didn't it? Yes, it did. That's the only award that did come out of nowhere. And, of course, the ones to watch and you kind of, you know, uh, underrated, overrated, that kind of thing. I think it's really fun to kind of look back. Like Chris Jericho, we've kind of changed our gimmick as the year goes, as the years go on, you know. <laughs> we've kind of adapted to overcome what you know happens in wrestling or you know in 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 life you know like with the current circumstances at the moment you know for yeah. the past couple of months um you know we've adapted and we're overcoming obstacles that get put in our way yeah i think without a doubt uh another thing that we were doing as well because you know kind of 2016 we had a lot of stuff with Jad leaving. And in 2017, we started going into WWE versus WCW and going through the timeline then. Yeah, going back 20 years, kind of. It was it pretty much started with the debut of Goldberg. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, again, this is something that Jared, he would always be begging to do. <laughs> attitude era, attitude era. And, you know, literally after he left, we kind of went back to the attitude era and we was watching, you know, stuff from 20 years ago back from that day and you know seeing kind of like the emergence of characters and thinking you know God, could you imagine him becoming a champion in this kind of climate and you know it was good seeing you know just people that kind of caught our eye and one that certainly caught our eye was Alex Wright's penis. Oh, Alex Wright was probably my favourite thing from WWE versus WSW. What a talented uh, amazing performer and Alex Wright, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like that member was always standing to attention. God damn it! Uh, but like I said, it, it started off. We we'd watched the kind of rumbles and WrestleManias, um, and then we we kind of the Survivor Series not ninety seven. Bret Hart, Michaels, very very important part in pro wrestling. And I thought it was very apt to go back twenty years and actually watch that. But I really enjoyed WCW at that time as well because of the events like Halloween Havoc and Starcade. And I find that with the WCW events, they were completely different to WWE, and that's what I kind of really liked about them. The pay-per-views themselves, Havoc, and a kind of Starcade was like the rain rest made, but Halloween Havoc always had the kind of the ghost and the fucking graveyard and the entranceway, which kind of made me really get into it, you know? Indeed, and also we could kind of see why WCW was a kind of leader, leader in viewership kind of going along through that period as well yeah we had the fucking five point uh ranking system at one point didn't we like match see if you i can't remember any of it match moment uh, uh overall rating yeah uh look design look, so, i mean yeah, we, we really got yeah. into it like go back and listen to that series because we made sure you know nitro one 
uh, majority of time, even in starting into kind of 1998 as it was and leading up to the attitude, it actually wasn't as great in certain parts as we remembered it really, was no, it? No, absolutely no? not. And um, then it kind of started to get on us, I believe, you know, yeah. with the NWO constantly getting involved in matches. And you could kind of see that Nash, Hall and Hogan were pulling the strings there and Hogan kind of fought himself as a saviour when viewership was going down, you know, hit the, right, give Hogan the yeah, strap, yeah, let's yeah, give him yeah, the... Yeah. And it kind of didn't go there. But I think, you know, one of the hottest prospects from there was Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, even, you know, Chris Van Beep. Yeah. Um, well, that, that's something we mentioned, because, like, um, we, we talk about it, not to go off, off subject quickly, but we talk about Chris Benoit, and one of the very first episodes we did was the controversial characters. And when we had the three picks, like, you'd... We talked, I don't know if Benoit was maybe mentioned, but you mentioned Benoit quite early on, you're quite serious about it, uh, whereas Jared had a kind of different approach, and that's why I thought, oh, maybe that's, you know, something there. Uh, yeah, well, with I think with Jared's approach, he was kind of going off characters as aside from their yeah. personal lives, which, you know, it was a bit different. But yeah, you know, that again was something interesting and different, uh, I suppose probably any other podcast would have done. Yeah, and, and like I said, with Benoit, the way you handled it as well was saying, like, look, I can, I can see he's a good wrestler. I know what he's done is bad, but, you know, and like I said, when there was events that we were watching with Benoit on, we'd watch the match and say, it was a good match, Benoit's a good wrestler, but then maybe, you know, and that was it, wouldn't really kind of say it or anything like that, uh, which I think is an interesting time. I think that, again, we talk about, you know, kind of biting off more than we can chew. It's fine in 1997 when, you know, it's just WWE, WCW, and you've got Raw, Nitro, and the pay-per-view, and you can do alternate pay-per-views. But then you get into kind of 1998 and 1999, and you kind of get the Thunders, and you kind of get your Smackdowns as well. So then there's like kind of a Nitro becomes three hours. So then you've got five hours on WCW stuff. You've got four hours of WWE stuff a week. Then you've got two pay-per-views, and it's kind of like we can't, keep up it would have to become a dedicated and that's why the attitude era credit to them you know the podcast they were like this is what we, you, you've got to do it constantly and i felt yeah. at that time the dominant podcast was not better than that but we had other stuff to do apart from focus we weren't just about the attitude era at that point you no know? we was we was about current stuff we had our kind of news segment news news um, you know, we was current reviews, we was NXT and, you know, all the other events that was going on, even all the shows that used to happen yeah. on the network as well. Uh, so, you know, there was kind of, I'd say, too much for... This is the thing, and we were doing podcast extras and everything like this as well. And, and like I said, we, we appreciate everybody listening, but at that time, you can not get... Because uh, 2017, I feel, was the time that we... Because I've been listening back to old podcasts... And the excitement in our voice in 2017 when it's just you versus me and we are proper going for it. And I don't think since then we've not as excited, but 2017 was special, you know, because we had we started off the year with obviously a takeover with Bobby Roode winning the NXT Championship, which was fantastic. And then the next night, the next night was Randy Orton winning the Rumble. (laughs) And then it kind of moved on from that. And we had like McIntyre, I think it was McIntyre Sharp 2017. We went to NXT Live in in 2017 as well and saw a great talent. Absolutely brilliant, yeah. You know, and it was kind of like, oh my God, we not peaked at that point, but it was like, the, how excited we was and, and 2017 was always going to be for me is one of my my favorite years 
And uh, I think, you know, when we look back at that and I think, oh, okay, 2017, because I think that's my favourite time in NXT as well. You Absolutely, know, yeah. It was it was a good time. I know, like, we kind of had a mass debate over the best NXT years. But, yeah, that was, I think, a podcast. It was the best year for us because, you know, we had all the stuff going on on it. It was, you know, well, in, it just wrestling in general. In, in general. general. But I think that's helped you because, like I said, Jared left. And then you kind of were like, right, this is make or break now for us. It's either kind of like a comedy one with three guys having a chat and it kind of got more serious. And and to be fair, the production kind of got more sleek as well with the kind of the theme tunes and the kind of, you know, the, the videos and all this kind of other stuff that we were doing on YouTube. and Also, these kind of also with the editing as well, because during it, we would have our funny yeah, five, yeah. ten minutes where we'd be in fits of laughter because... Someone said something stupid, non-podcast related, and it's kind of escalated from there. And but now, you know, we kind of do it. We come in, sit down, bang, and I'm sure editing is yeah I, a lot less. I yeah, I mean, not to give too much right now. Because like I say, I put I spent maybe too much time on the podcast at some points, just trying to do too much. And and now, like I said, I, I put the work in trying to do the scripts uh, and the editing, the recording. And usually I can get it the recording and the editing done in a day now, which which usually helps out with the kind of the run. There was kind of sometimes too much, you know. I personally I was doing, I was thinking this is fucking crazy, and it, this is why you have to kind of reduce it a little bit and uh, try and see. You can't watch everything, and I think that's what I've learned in five years. You know, there's you just you you physically can't, uh, which which is a shame. But it would just, like I said, the, even the podcast, they went from like three hours. I think WrestleMania, I don't know if it's 17, I think it was 2017, but like five hours long. And it was just like, this is ridiculous. Who's going to fucking, unless you're going to sit and watch it, listen to it in installments, five hour. And it's just, it was too much. And then what helped was the live shows, I feel, as well with the recording. Because when we went live, we, it was kind of like, oh shit, we have to talk and we can't really stop because... Otherwise, people are going to hear us in that kind of way, you know. And I think that helped. Yeah, indeed, and you know, it kind of backed our ideas up. We had to kind of not say over the top obscenities and expletives. And I, you know, kind of... as long as it's funny, I think yeah. that that's fair. And I think there's a certain thing a, a, a way around it. And I think now we say maybe a lot more things in a way that we wouldn't have done a couple of years, or I wouldn't have let it in a couple of years ago. But I think that's just the kind of confidence that we have. And of course, the listener base they know. They kind of know us by now. They know what we're kind of about. And I think that helps as well, you know, with this. Anyway, we were talking about WWE versus WCW at that point. We kind of, like we said, gave up in, in uh, 2019 just because of how bad WCW got at that point as well. Yeah, it, it, was, it was kind of a, a lost cause. It was, you know, for the, the followed that for WCW, it kind of did get even worse. Yeah. And, you know, it was pointless pursuing it because it would have just been a raw obliteration and yeah you know we kind of it was like flogging a dead horse yeah i think that's fair to say and i think we moved on from that as well and obviously we we go back and catch it you know now again i always thought about doing a wcw 99 and 2000 kind of most ridiculous because the amount of shit that would that be would available. be a 15 hour podcast uh, exactly so you're gonna there's stuff like this um, other stuff we've tried and other stuff that we kind of stuck with as well, superstar profiles. We were trying to do that. We've, uh, for me, we've not done enough of these. We haven't, no. Um, the last one was Drake Maverick. 
Nigel McGuinness. No, Nigel McGuinness. <laughs> I knew it was a Brit with an annoying voice. Oh my god, you're so racist, aren't you? Two English wrestlers. <laughs> yes, the last one, as I said, was Nigel McGuinness. That was very, that, you know, that was enjoyable because you kind of see how the man became yeah. Nigel McGuinness. And after that, I had a lot more respect for him, enough to drop my accent and mimic of him. What was your accent of him, anyway? Hi, I'm Nigel McGuinness, and welcome to the WNR podcast. Sorry, Nigel, I had to do it. <laughs> no, uh, like I said, we, we've done a lot. Can we name? I don't know if we can name all of them, because I was looking for them the other day. I forgot we did a Bret Hart one, and I was like, fucking hell, we did a Bret Hart one. We did a Bret Hart one, yeah. Um, we done a Kurt Angle one. Kurt Angle, yeah. Uh, obviously, The Undertaker. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah, nice one. <laughs> um, someone in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yes, we have. We've done a Shawn Michaels one. Yeah. Um... And apart from that, do you say Randy Orton? Yes, I did say Randy Orton. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I wasn't. I wasn't looking at the mic. I was smiling too much. <laughs> but yes, of course, we've done a Randy Orton. I, I, I think it was you that requested we do a Randy Orton. No, special. I fucking. I think that was yours. Because um, I had done like CM Punk, and I was like, well, if I could do a CM Punk one, then you could do your two-part Randy Orton uh, again. This, I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mick Foley. <laughs> Rock, there's Hardys, there's so many. The problem is, like a Mick Foley one, for me, is a three-part, maybe two. Yeah. Because you've got to do all this stuff in uh, a couple of matches against Sting and WCW, his ECW stuff, uh, obviously, you know, as Mankind, WWF, and then even like, a couple of TNA matches. And that's the problem, because we've now got what we opened up. We started with the network in 2015, and now we've got at our fingertips, you know, kind of got the Rev Pro, we've got... Uh, the I've been watching more Impact Plus than anything else yeah. recently. I've been watching the old uh, TNA Asylum years and stuff We've like that. You've got this. NJPW, NJPW AEW. Global. Uh, you've got that available as well. So, you know, this is the thing. And, and with Mick Foley, it's like, well, so many. Uh, I mean, if you were going to pick a superstar profile, right, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. If you were going to do the next one, we kind of know because we've got British specials coming up, but your next wrestler outside of that, who would you pick? And we'll do that as soon as possible. Owen Hart. Owen Hart. That's, I tell you what, we'll get that ready because I think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame next year. Yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah. I'm going to try and plan that because, of course, British Bulldog, we've got one coming up of him because he went in the Hall of Fame this year. And we're hoping to do a William Regal one at some point as well. I think that's going to be really fun. Uh, but we're trying to put a spotlight on British wrestling as well. I think that's the thing. Um, anyway, Superstar Profiles, like I said, we'll talk about that. Uh, next one, Dan, this is very close to your heart. This is 2016, if I remember. Is it going to be the second most devastating three letters going? The C-W-C. What are your thoughts on the Cruiserweight Classic? Absolutely brilliant. The kind of characters that we saw in there, loved them. You know, there was a lot of emergence. Gentleman Jack Gallagher. Um, We kind of grew a bit of appreciation for Gagano and Chomper as well. Um, And just, yeah, seeing it. TJP, my man, TJP. Yeah. I mean that that was you fucked me hard on that tournament. Yeah, I mean tournaments were your. Was thing. that the tournament where I got like three of the four semi-finalists? Yeah, yeah. yeah I had Zack Sabre Junior in there. That was one of my four, and the other three were your got Grand Metallic, uh, TJP, and must be Kota Ibushi was your pick. Yeah, uh, you had Ho Ho Lun. Ho Ho Lun, I had. Yeah, I did. Noam Dar. Noam Dar and ZSJ. Yeah, yeah. So, because I mean, we had an Iceland pick. Yes, we did. That was my Ho Ho Lun. <laughs> yeah, because that was obviously <laughs> Iceland had done really well in the previous yeah. World Cup or yeah. European Championships, yeah, yeah, yeah. and 
Oh, fucking hell. See, that memories. memories coming back. Yeah. Um, that was a great tournament because it was fun. Uh, we followed it from the get go. I love tournaments. There's something exciting about it when done right, when you've got your picks, uh, to watch that. And even though, like I said, I got fucked in the, the semi finals and final, the, the wrestling was brilliant. So good that it brought on 205 Live as well, didn't it? You know? Absolutely. And we kind of watched that from its inception, hoping it would be. You know, kind of like a good follow-on from the Cruiserweight Classic, which, again, you know, we couldn't rave high enough. We saw some absolutely amazing matches and moments there. Um, I think we saw a return of Brian Kendrick as well. Mm, yeah, exactly, you know, coming through. Didn't Tajiri appear in one of them Tajiri as well? Tajiri was on there as well. Yeah, like I said, the talent on show was quite incredible. And uh, do you think WWE have dropped the ball with the Cruiserweight talent? I think they dropped the ball when they put the strap on Enzo Amore. <laughs> Not going to lie. And I thought, you know... You... What year was it? Uh, because you hated... That was one of the things you hated from the very beginning, Enzo. From the it? first time I saw him, <laughs> it was just an instant hate. And, you know, you're like, oh, well, give him a chance, give him a chance. He's got a good spiel. You know, he's on the mic and that. And then, like, you know, all this stuff with Enzo come out. And it's like... Fucking hell, Dan, I see exactly where you was coming from with that. The bloke can't wrestle. The bloke, you know, he's he can't wait for a yes from a sexual relationship. You know, there's a lot of things that, you know, yes, he could talk on the mic, but that doesn't mean everything in a wrestling career. And I'm, I'm not going to rant on because this is an anniversary special and I don't want to tarnish it with talks of that toss part. Well, I'm, we'll mention one thing. I'm trying to work out. I think it might have been 2018 you had to wear... The Enzo Amore top. Certified G. To the O2. And you got more shit than me wearing a Benoit top the following year. <laughs> Until I pointed it out to the bloke yeah. sitting in front of yeah, us with a Benoit. But it's a shame what's happening to Revive Live. We followed that since the very first episode. And of course now, uh, we don't know. It, 205 Live has been on the life support for the past few months. And I think not ever since we said we're not going to watch it. I think WWE's treatment of it has been terrible. Do you think 205 Live needs to be put out of its misery now? Uh, I think to kind of put the pillow over its face and just, (laughs) come on, come on, go to sleep now and pull the plug and just leave it. You know, it's, it was good at the beginning, you know, and then they kind of, I I think they, they made the mistake of putting Cedric Alexander and Ali up to the main roster and completely burying them. Mm. You know, there was a couple of good moments from Ali and Alexander, but oh, they yeah, kind right, of never yeah. emerged and they would have been better off on 205 Live and kind of pursuing that. Um, you know, and especially with the treatment of Neville as well, I think they kind of fucked up on that and the character of Neville as well. But I, I think you could argue as AEW dropped the ball on Neville as well. I think that's another discussion about Pack. Uh, all right, before we play Dan's uh, request of uh, the WNR, uh, one of the, the songs that he loves, we're going to just talk about ECW quickly because for one thing we haven't really covered extensively on the podcast, for whatever what reason, is ECW. Uh, Dan, is that mainly down to you for not being a huge fan of hardcore wrestling? Um, it possibly is, yes. Uh, it, you know, it's not something that I enjoy. You know, again, it will be something to... To be enjoyable to go back and watch at some point, you know, just to say, yeah, we've done ECW. But to me, it kind of seemed like a fifth rate or different shows, if you know what I mean. You know, it was it was something that 
didn't really interest me, never grabbed my attention. I think the only moment that I've seen that's memorable from there is when JBL punched the Blue Meanie. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, there's the up-to-date ECW, I say up-to-date, the one that the kind of W revived and the one previously. Oh, well, is that the 2007 kind yeah. of rendition with Kevin Thorne and all <laughs> I them watched, morons? I watched a match the other uh, night on the network and it was Big Show versus Ric Flair, an episode of the ECW, and it was Extreme Rules and they were putting each other into thumbtacks. And this is just like, I was thinking, what a fucking waste here. Uh, well, I mean, the original ECW, the problem is that the quality-wise, the sound is not great, but I got into ECW big when I was a kid. That was one of the videos. Because for some reason, I thought, oh, that's mental, the shit they're doing. As I've got older, I've kind of not gone out of hardcore wrestling, but uh, when it's told, when it's done right, I'm a bigger fan of it. Just weapon shot after weapon shot. But then you, know? you thoroughly enjoyed the Mox-Kenny Omega match. Well, I doubt, yeah, I thought that was great. Oh, I thought that was just over the top. It was stunt after stunt. And, you know, I kind of feel that's what ECW's like. You know, they just kind of do a big stunt, right, and then they set up to do another big stunt. And then, you know, it just kind of goes on like that, which, which is something that kind of I feel is just pushed onto you. You know, yeah. it's kind of forced as opposed to happening naturally well the thing is that one of the as a child was the king of the death match uh with mick foley and terry funkenfeld and that was just barbed wire ladders c4 explosives and stuff like that that was mental uh will we watch out the podcast i want to just so we can kind of like i said get a different reaction but I think with ECW, we've touched on it. I think there's some great matches. I think RVD versus Jerry Lynn, NELM, is great. We've, I think we've seen Mike Orson versus Masato Tanaka on the podcast. That is definitely a match. There's a couple of matches that really do stand out in my mind that I would love to kind of catch up, even if it's like kind of ECW best of at some point. But like you said, you don't want to try too much at one point. But then, you know, kind of also in ECW's favour, you've got the... Latter years, when you've got the CM Punk, you've got the Morrison, you've got the Miz, like kind of their triangle that was going on as well when Morrison and Miz was tag team champions. Um, you know, that, again, that would be something hard work. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again We've come a long way from where we began Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again When I see you again Hello and welcome to the WWE Network Review, a brand new podcast. Thanks for downloading. It reviews the WWE Network and see if it offers value for money. My name is James Rowland and I'm joined by my two friends, Dan White. My name is James Rowland and as always I'm joined by Dan White and Jared It's episode 25. In this episode we're celebrating the 25 years of The Undertaker. Hello! And welcome to the WNR podcast or the WWE Network Review, a weekly podcast where we get the very best the WWE Network has to offer. It's been a long day without you, my friend, and I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it. See you again. 
tell you. When I see you again. My name's James Rowlands and as always I'm joined by and it's episode 50 today. Hello and welcome to the WNR podcast. I am James Rowlands and as always I'm joined by Dan White and it is a very special episode today because it is episode 75. Hello, I am James Rowlands and as you can tell we are live and as always I'm joined by Dan White. I didn't say your name that time, you see what happened there? Yeah. And it is the WNR 100. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today, it is the WNR 1, 2, 5. Well, yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And it's the WNR 150 today. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today, it's 175 episodes we've done... It's been a long day without you, my friend, and I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again, when I see you So we move on and we talk about uh, live shows, the big four and takeover. I mean, I think live shows changed the way we do podcasts. Um, absolutely, yeah. We kind of had to buck our ideas up, couldn't have any dead air and, you know, just kind of flow along as naturally as possible. And we have been live for every single takeover. So we have managed to do that, which I think is an incredible feat considering, I mean, Going from live, as in from 2017 onwards, without a doubt. Uh, I think takeovers have been kind of the best part of a weekend, really, and especially when the events are kind of on their own or in together. I think when they're with the big four, it's special. I think we're ready for those kind of four events every year, aren't we? They're the kind of the main ones that we go, well, that we're ready for. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, I absolutely It's probably one of my favourite pay-per-views that WWE do. And, yeah, you know, just doing the live events, the kickoffs, building up, getting the hype for it as well. It's... But does a takeover event beforehand take away from the show the next night? It does, yes, because the takeover event is normally ten times more better than the pay-per-view that follows it. Yeah, I think that's just the problem. Should takeovers then be moved to the next night to give the big four events a chance, or do you think that's not going to happen? I think moving it to a next week would be kind of a better option, so then you kind of get the hype of the big four, because it kind of does take away a bit from everything the big four offers. Yeah, I think so. I think that's right, but I think with the live shows, like we said, 
we were live for WrestleMania. We didn't do two live shows because obviously we didn't have a takeover. But hopefully from SummerSlam, we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? We'll go with the flow. But we have been doing it for years, uh, like I said, with the live ones. And they're still our best kind of listen to podcasts again. So we'd like to thank everybody who listens even live afterwards. So like I say, get ready for the show in itself as well. Uh, Royal Rumbles. I mean, like I said, is Royal Rumble your favourite event ever or favourite match type? It is indeed. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of it's gone a bit downhill as of late. I prefer watching the slightly older ones. Uh, you know, this year's one is probably a bit of an exception because it's kind of something close to yours, especially. But both of our hearts, you know, we both had the pleasure and honour of meeting. Drew McIntyre. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, meeting him. And uh, like I said, he, this Rumble this year has been my favourite. And not just because of McIntyre winning, but I think it's been the best Rumble we've seen since the podcast began. You know, when we think about we watching Rumbles. I mean, each year maybe had a little bit of something to it. 2016, of course, our first Rumble was AJ Styles making his debut, even though Triple H won. Uh, 2017, obviously. That was a great moment as well with Randy Orton getting the victory. Was that your favourite? Do you think that's your favourite Rumble? You know, because... It's my favourite moment in a Rumble. I think, you know, again, to go to my favourite Rumbles, it's got to go back to 2001. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Uh, We had 2018, we had the very first ever Women's Royal Rumble. And of course, Oscar winning that and all was right in the world up until Ronda Rousey uh, made a debut. And of course, that's what we left. We left it on the cliffhanger last week's episode was when Rousey had debuted. Of course, we'll bring you part two of the women's revolution coming up. But did that, again, change, you know, women's perception in WWE? I think that took a lot away from Oscar because, you know, Oscar had gone through, won the Royal Rumble, and then Ronda Rousey comes out after the Royal Rumble, and then she's kind of pointing to the sign, and she gets automatically granted a (laughs) WrestleMania title match just from that, which, you know, kind of soured the hard work that Oscar had put in, especially through NXT. Yeah, well, Oscar's one of these, like we said, it's one of the defining moments. We talked about four defining moments last week. Uh, one of them was Mae Young Classic, we're going to talk about in a minute. Oscar's streak, uh, of course, Ronda Rousey's debut in the Four Horsewomen. Oscar's streak during this time as well. Probably one of my favourite things that we've covered since the podcast began as well, you know. Absolutely. I think even in Oscar's first match, I had her down to lose. Which, you know, looking back in hindsight, it wasn't a good thing to do. But kind of following it in the progression of Oscar, you know, not just Oscar, but the women that she brought along with her. You know, Nikki Cross, her crazy out there attitude. And, um, and of course, Ember Moon as well, not forgetting her. You know, she was kind of a, a great talent coming through. Yeah, and there are two matches that we featured last week as well. So go back and listen to that about how good Oscar's streak really was. Uh, 2019 Rumble. I can remember Seth Rollins winning it for the men's, uh, for the women's Royal Rumble in 2019. That must, oh, of course I remember Becky that. Lynch. Becky Lynch, because injury. Becky limped. Becky Lana's injury come in uh, and won the Rumble. Yeah, that was a quite good match. Becky well. Lynch lost the title in the first match of the night. Yeah, to, to Oscar. Oscar. Yeah, beat her the following year at Rumble as well, which yeah. is another great story told. Uh, I, I think Rumbles, you know, try their best. And like I said, if they're more like this year, it's difficult again when there's two Rumbles on at the same time. I think that is a... I mean, Charlotte winning the Rumble this year probably got overshadowed by the men's. And I think credit to that to have, you know, the better one. Again, you know, I'm all for equality and women. You know, women do deserve having their Rumble match. But I think having two Rumbles on one night, it's kind of 
a bit too much. Yeah. I mean, like I said, with WrestleManias, they can maybe split them. Uh, with Rumbles, you can maybe split them as well and have the kind of one night and the uh, WWE the other night and the women's and the men's Rumble and do it like that if they so wanted to. Uh, but, I mean, this is the thing. And WrestleMania, of course, this year we had the the biggest change, I think, out of everything, of course, having to be split into two nights. It worked out in the end, though, I found, with the, the WrestleMania. You know, I quite enjoyed it over two. A bit like Wrestle Kingdom that we watched at the start of the year. Uh, but have we seen a great WrestleMania since we started the podcast? Uh, again, I don't think we have. Um, you know, to see an actual great WrestleMania, you've got to go back to the 17s. Um, you know, we've seen some very good moments and some great moments, don't get me wrong, but I don't think as as a whole, you know, there wasn't any matches that we haven't thought, oh, you know, we, we should watch this whole entire show again. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I could watch a WrestleMania but skip, two, three, four matches. Well, I think this is the thing. I think WrestleMania 32, you had uh, Lynch, Charlotte and Flair delivering. Uh, apart from that, you had Shane McMahon's bump off the head in the cell. WrestleMania 33, it's kind of a forgotten one. It's Reigns, the Undertaker, when we thought the Undertaker was going to retire. Uh, I'm not sure. Was that when the Hardy Boys returned? Did they return 33? They must have done, mustn't they? Uh, that's the one that the New Day was kind of presenting, wasn't it? Yeah, hosting, and they came out in the ladder match. Yeah. 34's New Orleans, and of course Oscar uh, losing against Charlotte in a match. That probably affected me as much as the Undertaker losing his WrestleMania undefeated streak at WrestleMania 30. Same place it happened as well. Uh, 34 as well had the weird main event with Lesnar and um, Roman Reigns in it, if memory recalls. Yeah. And then WrestleMania 35, which was, of course, last year's WrestleMania. Like Goldberg. We had Rollins and Lesnar. Rollins beat Lesnar right at the start. And then the main event must have been from SmackDown. No. Who can forget the main event? The first ever time the women have main evented WrestleMania in a triple threat match. And it's Rousey, Charlotte and Becky Lynch. So some great moments. And, of course, this year as well, McIntyre main event in becoming the very first British man to win W Championship. Some great moments, but like I said, maybe some not uh, so much great cards. But can they have a great match when they haven't really got... If only the top matches have got time, like the Randy Orton Edge match had a couple of years, didn't they, earlier? Um, How can they deliver a a five-star match? That's why there's more five-star matches than takeovers, surely. Well, don't call me Shirley, but yeah, you know, that that is a good point because every match gets of time there, whereas... Kind of when you've got a Brock Lesnar match or even a Goldberg match, they're kind of over before the 10 minute time marker, which is basically when a takeover match is getting started. You know, you know, I've heard you say that you don't need to have a 30 plus minute match all the time because it kind of takes away a lot from matches, but you do need time to kind of build, tell a story, and where some matches they kind of go over that. I think, you know, it kind of suits the Goldbergs and the Lesners, where it is just a 10, 15-minute tops match. Yeah, I would completely agree with you there. Um, but this is the thing, with WrestleMania, it's been a shame. Uh, now, we could talk about Money in Bank. Like I said, it's coming out. We're bringing Money in Bank to you next weekend. Uh, the thing about Money in Bank, do you class that as a... Is it a big five event now for you? Is it, you know, has it taken King of the Rings place? I sound like an old man saying that. Uh, but, you know, in your eyes, is it a big five or is it still big four? I, I still see it as a big four. You know, um, I, I prefer the kind of 
the old look at it. Yeah, it is kind of its own standalone event. Uh, you know, much like Elimination Chamber is. You know, both of them, they kind of featured as part of a different pay-per-view. Then they've kind of got their own standalone ones. Uh, but no, you know, I, I, I just still see it as a big four and money in the bank. It's kind of, you know, it, thing. You know, if if there was a top five, then it would make fifth. Yes, but it's yeah. not. I, I still see it as a top four. Then the likes of Money in the Bank and maybe Elimination Chamber as well. Yeah, Chamber's a good event. Uh, I would agree. Uh, when it, when it, I think in the like February mix, when it's kind of like you need number one contender, I think that's the perfect way to to do that. Uh, I think with Money in the Bank, though, I think my, the, our knowledge or my knowledge of it definitely is not as good as the kind of Royal, I, I would know all the Royal Rumble winners, uh, WrestleManias, we've done that. So we're going to play a little game now, because one of the other things that we do, Dan, is on the live shows, try not to take ourselves too seriously, we play a few games. Uh, we play, of course, the, the old favourite, the one that happened probably episode 15, the one that you play probably better than anybody, Elephant or F1. Elephant or F1, of course, it's kind of one of the oldest games. That we've got. Yeah, we've got Dead. Um, we, of course, we've got lots of other games as well. <laughs> um, we had Basler or Dunn that we, we played a Basler little while. Basler or Dunn, yeah. Um, but, you know, lots of stuff. Of course, Masturbates then came into it. Do you enjoy us masturbating on the live shows? I do enjoy us having a, a, a grand masturbate. It's, it's something fun, you know, trying to get the other person to yield to your way of thinking or kind of bow down and say, yeah, you know, you're right which both of us like to hear and neither of us like to say. Exactly. So let's see if we can do it now then. So Dan, get your phone and find the Money in the Bank winners and we're going to try and work out. I think it should be quite easy for us up until a certain point and then hopefully, you know, we can find out as we're going along. So the first Money in the Bank match, Dan, when was it? When was the first Money in the Bank match? Um, I can tell you. WrestleMania. WrestleMania 21. 21. Yeah, WrestleMania goes Hollywood. Right, I'm going to put down who won that that year, who won it this year. <coughs> right, so I'm going to struggle up until about 2014, so I'm going to need your help here. So 2005, the very first one, Edge. What's that? Edge, yeah. Edge. Uh, do you know the answers straight away? I've got the answers oh, here, yeah. So, uh, RVD. Where was it? Oh, WrestleMania 22. Yeah, okay, carry on. Okay, 2007, WrestleMania 23, Kennedy won, but Edge beat Kennedy for the briefcase and cashed in, in himself. Uh, 2008 and 2009, both at WrestleManias. WrestleMania, yeah. you know, 24, 25, CM Punk both times. Indeed, yeah. Uh, 2010, now this is when it gets difficult, because 2010 is at WrestleMania... 26, uh, 26 yeah. Swagger won, because he took yeah. ages getting the briefcase off. And then Money in the Bank started that year, didn't it, 2010? It did indeed, yes. And you had, I'm going to say, Miz winning it for Raw and Kane winning it for SmackDown. You are correct. I am correct. Uh, 2011, I'm going to shout, I don't know how I got this, Del Rio? Yeah. And Ziggler? No. No, Zig, so Ziggler must have been 2012 then. Fuck, right, okay. Um, so Ziggler, 2011... It was in a match. Oh, hang on. Was it Brian? It was Daniel Bryan, Yeah, because yes. I got him the following year. Uh, right, so fucking hell. 2012 we're on now. Yeah. So that was Ziggler. Yes. And Cena? You can't say Cena. <laughs> 2013, Orton. Yes. Um, That was for Raw. 
Sandow? It was indeed, yes. <laughs> right, I'm fucked now. 2014. Um, wow. That is bad. Tw- uh, 2014. I cannot remember anybody from 2014 on. In the match was Kofi Kingston, yeah. Dolph Ziggler, yeah. Jack Swagger, yeah. RVD and Dean Ambrose. Wasn't Ambrose 2014? I didn't it? mention the winner. Oh my God. No, I don't know it. Seth freaking Rollins. Oh, of course he won it because he cashed in the 2015. Oh, you fucking idiot. And 2014... Uh, that was 2014. 2015 now. 2015 was Seamus. Yeah. that the only one? Yes. Oh, thank fuck for that. 2016. Oh, my good. Right, let me think about Money in the Banks. Oh, Baron Corbin. No. Corbin was 2017. Yes. Right, okay. So, 2016. <laughs> did they successfully cash in? They did. They successfully... Oh, um, 2016. Dean Ambrose. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 2017 Corbin, we said. Is there another one for 2017? There is, yes. Oh, fucking hell. Um, is it man or woman? Is it still man? Are we playing Guess Who? No, I'm just guessing. It is... Well, technically it was a man, but a woman claimed it. Ellsworth, Carmella. Well done, Dan. Twenty. That's 2017. 2018, Alexa Bliss. Yes. Um, And fucking hell. 2018, Money in the Bank. Uh, it was someone who... Didn't cash in. 2018. I Also in the match was Bobby Roode, yeah. Finn Balor, yeah. Kevin Owens, yeah. Kofi, yeah. Rusev, Samoa Joe and The Miz. I don't know, I've gone blank. Braun Strowman. Oh, of course he won it because he tried to cash in the NFL. And then last year's, 2019, it was Brock Lesnar for the men. Yeah. And for the women, 2019. <laughs> no one's... Who the fuck? Bailey. She did indeed, yes. yes. I had nothing in front of me, Dan. Just prove to everybody I had nothing in front of me. You had nothing but your notepad, your pen, and your encyclopedia knowledge. In there. That is not too bad. I'm pretty happy with that, actually. All right, so, of course, Money in the Bank. We will have two new winners uh, next week. Who will they be? All right, next subject to talk about, and it's a big one. NXT update started off as um, Joe Watch because we wanted to show Samoa Joe for Jared when he first debuted in NXT and it kind of blossomed into because you hadn't seen NXT before that. I hadn't know I was an NXT virgin and you kind of introduced me to the call. Wow, this is fun. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What were your thoughts in the early game? Why did you become because you're for me when I think of a big NXT fan, it's you. So why are you such a big NXT fan? I just thought, you know, the whole concept of it all, it was it was kind of a slight bit old school, but it was something new and, you know, it was a lot fresher than the WWE Raw and SmackDown shows. Um, it it told a better story. They was kind of focusing on the champion. They was kind of one week it would be uh, the women's champion, one week it would be the tag team, one week it would be the NXT champion and they was kind of revolving it through that you know you had the new stars coming in getting a chance they seem to be kind of like a, a lot hotter than they would be if they was on raw or smackdown you know they kind of got better reception i think the fan base seemed better just everything about it seems a lot more crisp and it, uh, was it because it was more shortened as well because it wasn't as long it, yeah again it was compact and i think that kind of helped play you know into the doing one part at a time as a as opposed to kind of you know, you have the first 
three quarters of an hour focusing on tag teams and you know how Raw and Smackdown would be and then the middle section would be the women and the end would be the men's it'd kind of be right one week you get this you know you can have, we'll have a couple of filler matches and then we kind of have the main event segment as the champion and you know it kind of evolved through there and then you get like the challenges emerging through you know maybe it'd be a little, a little tournament going on or you know kind of proving their worth as opposed to just getting automatic championship shots yeah and i think another thing as well with the viewing it and even the kind of uh the, the watching it and the, the making of it so to speak is like i said there's a lot of content on but it was a pleasure to sit down for an hour uh, for four hours of nxt every month and to kind of go through it and like you said it had the women's tag and the men's division featured there and maybe like a kind of new debut and that's what made nxt update so great and kind of it's kind of our, it's our longest running kind of feature now because you know it like I said how good it actually is and NXT update changes NXT has changed so much since we first started watching it but again NXT update is one of these things that um we we really enjoy to do what would say what would you say is the kind of your favorite thing you've you've either done on the podcast you think NXT update is one of those things that you I think NXT as a whole you know, the whole emergence and you kind of see characters coming through that, you know, with Johnny Gagano and Chompa, when we first saw them, they was hashtag DIY. You thought, well, you know, they're not going to become much, but they be kind of have become the faces of the brand, which is, like, you know, it's like, wow, you know, you would never have thought that, you know, if you'd have had a tag team in WWE, it's very rare that, you know, you'd think, well, you know, in a couple of three years time, them two are going the main two talking points of the brand and you know kind of how they've had their rivalry naturally progress as well yeah i think we've seen a lot of things i think we've seen the women division being treated with respect in nxt that kind of built it up from that into the women's revolution as well i think if you look at all the talent i mean when we first started watching it maybe you had a slight percentage of people maybe a couple that had nxt experience on the main roster and now you look at the main roster and near enough every single one of them to nxt as well and i think that kind of helps even with you know people that forget about now like the wyatts and of course you know the the shield individual members on nxt and all this kind of stuff now nxt has been such a big role for wwe and again when that started you probably didn't think uh, it would be as big as it was, but it was because of the fan base and what got behind it to give it kind of two hours now going head to head with another company. You know, it's, it's great times to be a wrestling fan. Uh, has NXT is NXT as good now as it has been, and what can they do maybe to fix it if they, you know, if there's a chance? I think it isn't as good as it was say a year or two ago because I think you know with the emergence of characters, um, you know, again. No disrespect towards some of the characters, but, you know, the newer ones you've got coming through, Austin Theory, meh. And who's that uh, bloody Back to the Future rip-off that you like? Kushida. Kushida, again, you know, I wasn't, <laughs> I'm not keen on him. There haven't been kind of like, you know, we haven't had a Nakamura, we haven't had a Samoa Joe or Finn Balor coming through the ranks. You know, quite like we've had, you know, even with Drew McIntyre as well coming into it. Bobby Roode. You know, yeah, yeah again. CN. Look at, um, C, look at CN's story. So to stop you in the flow, look at CN's story. Yeah. He started off as a jobber, as a good guy, switched to Hill with Zelina Vega, became NXT champion. I mean, that's what you need. Exactly. Yeah. You know, your kind of character wasn't working, switch it up, change it, you know, and become a reputable person. Um, you know, and I think they kind of haven't got that, you know, and then it's, 
I don't know, it's kind of fallen flat. I don't know, you know, if they've run out of talent to get or, you know, they haven't kind of got the the pulling power that they once might have had or, you know, it's it, it could be a factor of a couple of things, but that's the kind of thing that I feel it's lacking now. Again, you know, this isn't a knock on it, but they're kind of relying on Johnny Gagano, Tommaso Ciampa. I think, you know, Adam Cole was kind of the last... Big name, you know. Even though I wasn't his biggest fan joining, I think he's the kind of last big name that they've had come into it afresh. Yeah, I mean, but the great thing about NXT as well is the kind of the opinions changed on someone like Adam Cole, who came. You fucking hated his guts, and now there's a kind of respect there for the matches that he's. Indeed, and you know, I do feel they're kind of relying on Finn Balor going back to NXT, Charlotte Flair going back there. It's. I, I don't think it's kind of the way forward for him. Yeah, you know, Finn Balor being on there is good, but he's kind of not the same Finn Balor that we first started watching. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think, like I said, I think the tag team division has suffered tremendously in NXT. And don't get me wrong, with the bros awaits and what's happened there. And of course, we'll be back with NXT next month. We've had to delay it. But of course, next month, we'll, we'll bring you all that's going on. And at the moment, of course, Pete Dunne is uh, in isolation at home. The thing is, Matt Riddles have to find a new tag team partner, so stuff's going on there. I don't think the division, I don't think since the revival of American Alpha has the division been that strong, and I think they've been relying on the Undisputed Era having matches. Don't get me wrong, I love Lorcan and Birch, yeah. but, you know, there's got to be other teams in there that can... Well, you know, we used up. to have the likes of the Vaudevillians, who say exactly, the revival, yeah. American Alpha, they was... Lucha Dragons, you know. Fun tag teams to watch, and, you know, you kind of saw big things coming for them, and, you know, they've Again, falling a bit flat. I think without a doubt. I think that's a shot. I think the women's division is probably one of the strongest. I think Charlotte there is interesting. I'm looking forward to Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte again whenever that happens. And I'm hearing good things about Io Shirai versus Charlotte. Of course, we'll be catching up on that next month. Uh, I think the women's division is, is the strongest thing for NXT right now. I think there's too much reliance like at I the said, moment, on the stars. Yeah, it has been stronger. You know, when you had the likes of Oscar, Cross, Moon... Um, you know, they was kind of putting on amazing matches. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. And like we said, the NXT update, it's been a, it's an enjoyment to go and see it. Kind of like grown, like we have on the you know the podcast as well since we've started. You know, NXT's been around at the kind of same time, but we missed it by a year. You know, we missed uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens stuff, but I think we'll catch up on that at some point. Uh, we talk, still talk about Summer Slams. Uh, I mean, Summer Slams always got a nice place in my heart just because of the Summer Slam parties we used to have. Yes, gosh, that was many <laughs> moons ago. Yeah. We did have a Summer Slam party. We had quite a, a few Summer Slam yeah. parties. There was one time we woke up, Jared, uh, with a inflatable banana, and he said, "Fuck off, I'm Eddie Guerrero." Let's not forget about that. Indeed, uh, there was Goldberg. It was Elimination Chamber. When he got hit in the head with a jammer. Oh, yeah, that was a cop-out. You loved Goldberg. You go, Goldberg's going to be champion. And then he lost to Triple H. Yes. Must be terrible. Who else but Triple H? Who else but Triple H? Um, We have done more SummerSlams than we have WrestleManias. Yes. (laughs) Not at this point, but we were done, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Because we started off later in the year. So SummerSlam was our kind of first major show. Major show. Uh, where does SummerSlam rank in your... Do you, you got, are you a fan of SummerSlam? Um, I think it's my fall for the top four. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's It kind of doesn't bring anything big to it because obviously, you know, you've got the Royal Rumble, which is synonymous with the Royal Rumble match, Survivor Series with the Survivor Series match, WrestleMania. Again, you know, you've, you kind of get 
a few feel-good moments through WrestleManias, but with uh, SummerSlam, it's kind of... I don't know. It, it, I feel it doesn't bring anything special to the past. I always like it because Brock Lesnar wrestles. And that's... <laughs> ever since 2012, you're going, yeah, we're going to get a Lesnar match. Uh, I, I do like SummerSlams uh, because there's more chance to have a better match, I feel, than at WrestleMania, especially in recent years. And I think SummerSlams have been better than Manias at uh, recent times as well. But this is, you know, the thing about it is that it's got to have the kind of matches that make you sit up and take notice. You know, long long gone are the days where you can have like an Undertaker versus Austin match. When I think of like SummerSlam 1998 or, you know, even in 2008 where we had Batista versus Cena or something like that. I, you know, can WWE... Will WWE ever be the same again? You know, when we talk about this, with all this that's going on, will we have huge crowds again? Will we have stuff like this even in the next couple of years you know it, I, I think it's something that think life is going to change as we know it from this pandemic you know life is certainly how it affects things you know because obviously you've got football with stadiums they're sat quite closely you've you know you've got loads of other events you know social gatherings concerts you know how are they going to be differed mm. you know are we going to have to kind of stand there with our arms out is there just going to be loads of circles drawn all over the place. Are we going to have to have a seat between us? That means stadiums are going to be kind of half full. Yeah, well, a quarter full, fuck's sake. You know, if they're going to yeah. have to... It's going to be interesting times. Uh, and like we said, you know, we're, in all seriousness, this, as long as everybody, you know, stays safe and stays alive through this, and we should come out, and it might be different, it might be a new normal, but we like we said, we deal with it. When we deal with it, wrestling is still going, and of course, they're still planning for SummerSlam as well in August, and... Uh, We'll see how normal things get. You know, we're going to plan for a live show. We'll plan for the the live weekend like we do with TakeOver. And then if it changes, it changes. Like we said, we've never had so much change as we have had last month of the WNR podcast. And like we said, we're just trying to bring a bit of uh, normality to everybody's lives. But uh, I quite enjoy some stuff. So Survivor Series is quite high up in your eyes. Survivor Series, yeah. You know, again, I think it goes back to the 2001 kind of WWE versus... WWF kind of Survivor Series kind of showdown and you know I do enjoy a Survivor Series match it's something different unique you know it's it's just an enjoyable moment no we have some we have seen some good Survivor Series matches I think it's a pay-per-view that doesn't get the credit it doesn't get the credit it deserves really I think a lot of people do see it as the kind of fourth one and I think there's a lot of emotion. I mean, like I said, uh, Survivor Series 2003 is one of my favourite events. Like the Bischoff, Team Bischoff versus Team Austin. The story told in that was incredible, especially by Shawn Michaels. And I think there's a chance. We've seen that recent time. I think 2015 was Sting debuted. Or maybe the year before, you know, with Dolph Ziggler involved. The kind of the history in that, yeah. you know. Uh, I think there's a chance. And I think with, of course, the Undertaker making his debut at the event. The Rock making his debut event. It's kind of... Uh, and Kurt Angle making his debut event. It's quite... Brings a little bit of tradition, not tradition, but a little bit of history to it. Yeah, as well. indeed, yeah. You know, and it is the second longest uh, WF pay per view as well, starting in 1987. So I suppose with Survivor Series again, we'll see what happens at the, the end of the year. Uh, what have you thought of Raw versus SmackDowns and that kind of thing these past couple of years on Survivor Series? I think it's good. The build up to it's good, but then kind of after it, it just gets forgotten about. You know, there's kind of no bragging rights there. It's just like build up, build up, build up, event. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it kind of takes away the whole point of the build-up and the event itself. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think that's, you know, this is the thing that we're going to see. All right, so 
Let's move on, and we're going to talk about Young Classic, because the CWC was fantastic, but the May Young Classic in itself, 2017-2018, was very special to both of us, isn't it, really? Again, it was a, a thoroughly enjoyable event. Um, yeah, Did I win the first? No, you did. Did you have a Yoshi the first time? Was it Yoshi? I don't know if you did. I think I did, because I had Baszler losing in the final. Yeah. And then the following year, yeah, I think you won that with Tony Storm. Yeah. So yeah, I think so I, got to the, I got to the final first year, and then I thought, right, fuck it, I'm going to go. Um, it's Kari Sane Bays the first year, yeah. and then I went to Shai second, and like I yeah. said, she lost to Tony Storm in the final, or the semi final. Anyway, May Young Classic, fantastic. We saw, you know, all these women who made such an impact, helped the women's revolution out. How important was the May Young Classic? Uh, it was. It was brilliant because, you know, you, you obviously had the likes of the Four Horsewomen still going about. The, I think the May Young Classic kind of got to introduce new characters and new women to us, you know, women that we wouldn't have thought of. And it made us sit up and take notice of there are other women about and, you know, they can have brilliant matches. I think we saw, was it Io Shirai's matches? Yeah. I think... They didn't drop below a four-star match throughout the whole tournament. Yeah, uh, it's just fantastic. Like I said, people like Kai was saying, people like um, Ray Ripley, who now has got all the success, you know, Tony Storm as well, uh, Piper Niven, you know, making her debut, uh, you know, Mercedes Martinez. There's just so many uh, that kind of... I, I feel with the women's division, with the talent it's got and the characters, that sometimes it's it's more talented and stacked than the men's division in a way because the characters are so defined. You can mention Araya Ripley, you can mention Tony Storm and they're coming from them and what they mean. Exactly the same with most of the other women as well. I think that's really strong. Candice LeRae, you know, um, Casey Cantazaro climbing the ring post and stuff like this. There's a lot of women there that I think can have a, a very bright future. I think the May Young Classic kind of shined a light on that. And I think something the WNR podcast has done since the very first day is look at women's wrestling and treat it as equal as the men's. Because don't forget, when we started, it was the Divas division. And now it's kind of moved on to what it is. And I think the Mae Young Classic helped it. And we helped it. No, we didn't help, but, you know, we wanted to kind of go along with it. And that's why we dedicated Mae Young Classic podcasts to watch kind of every round and go through it and, again, do the points. I think it's really important, you know. Indeed, yes. And, you know, we do appreciate good women's matches and there was a lot and you know a lot of them we hadn't heard of and you know we didn't know who on earth they were but now we kind of follow them especially you with Piper Niven relative unknown all you knew that she was from Scotland obviously your homeland <laughs> and you kind of went with it and you know now she's wrestling on NXT UK yeah I mean and there's a lot of talent like you say making a breakthrough as well I think the May Young Classic was really, really important. Like I said, we had the CWC 2016 and then the May Young Classic 17 and 18. We've not mentioned the Dusty Classic. and uh, but, but, I mean, with the Dusty Classic, the tag team, I don't, do we class that as a card? It's kind of more of a a thing they use in NXT. I don't know if I class that as a kind of tournament properly. Um, no, I think the first one that we saw, that was kind of... A good tournament to watch. Uh, the one where Balor and Joe teamed up together and won. I think that's the first one we saw. Yeah, and that was the very first one. And then since then, we've had, you know, weird pairings. I think Black and Ricochet won it Blackishay. last year. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of these things. I hope, well, 
Cody Rhodes is trying to get trademark for Dusty Rhodes name, so maybe they'll start using something like that. One tournament we've not mentioned, I think, was very important as well as the UK title tournament because we had uh, both parts of that as well, didn't we? Indeed, yes. With Tyler Bate becoming the first champion and the rise of kind of NXT UK through that as well. How important was the kind of British wrestling finally getting a kind of look in, you know? Again, you know, that kind of made British wrestling flourish. Um, you know, again, I've, I've probably heard of one or two people in this whole tournament. And coming from it, there's, there's you know, a lot I follow and watch and, you know, and just enjoy watching wrestling. It was a complete different style, but it was, it was great. It was, um, oh, I don't know, it was, it was different and it was fresh. We, we saw so much great wrestling and the British style as well, so strong. And then we had to kind of bait winning it. And then, of course, we had uh, the the matchup that we always remember, Bate versus Dunn at uh, NXT Chicago. That kind of started off NXT UK, you know, in that way. And then since then, we had the other tournament with Zach Gibson winning. And uh, maybe the, the second tournament wasn't as good as the first one. But then we got the Grizzled Young Vets from that. We got NXT UK started properly. And Volta uh, debuting and the Pete Dunn. I think since that moment, they've not capitalised it, capitalised it as, as much, you know, with Imperium. Yeah been there do you think again like you know kind of since volta they haven't kind of had that big brand shock value entrant well they've got Iowa drug enough i don't think he's ready yet you no. know uh i think he needs a little bit of time i would love to see the done rem- i mean in my eyes and this might be wrong i'd rather see done compete for the NXT uk championship against walter than defending his tag title with him you know i wholeheartedly agree <laughs> yeah, exactly. yes so i mean that's the only way i see it but nxt uk i think has been great lots we've been following that of course with production being shut down they've been doing best ofs recently but we will catch up with the stuff that we have missed next month hopefully next month will be a, a huge catch up with nxt uk and of course the american one as well uh and then something we started last year aew all Elite Wrestling, well, they started off as just kind of like a, a T-shirt company slash pay-per-view. We had heard rumblings about it for, you know, a little while before. It took them a little while to get off the ground. You know, we heard, oh, yeah, such and such is going to AEW. You know, they've got this other person, that person. Um, and kind of like the emergence of it. It's It doesn't seem like it's different enough to WWE to be something better than it, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, well, this is the thing, and the thing I don't like is AEW and NXT just bashing each other all the time, especially when we're using Twitter a lot more. There's a, there's a love of wrestling that keeps us in this, and don't get me wrong, I can have a good, like I said, you and me can masturbate as hard as we can, but the thing is, is that we, we enjoy the product, and I think with AEW, you know, NXT, if they're not... Let's just watch it, you know, watch both, enjoy both, and see how they get on. You know, like I said, AEW done a lot of good stuff recently, and uh, the live shows have been really, really good, in my opinion. And, you know, I'm looking forward to Double or Nothing to see what happens. It's another argument at this point in time to say, is Brody Lee, you know, Luke Harper versus uh, John Moxley, Dean Ambrose in the main event, a good way of saying, oh, is this completely different to WWE? That's another argument, you know? It's different because it's a different... But, you know, in WWE, we would never have seen Dean Ambrose versus Luke Harper. But now you're kind of seeing Brody Lee versus John Moxley, and it's like, 
you know, it is something different. But again, you know, it's, oh yeah, we've got a character that was hardly used, you know, he was a bit part in the Wyatt family. He, you know, granted for me, he was my favourite member of the Wyatt family. Um, and, you know, you had the likes of the Bludgeon Brothers, which kind of fell a bit flat. Um, and then, you know, him, he's kind of like the exalted one. He is the leader of Dark Order, you know, and it's, it's kind of like, you know, well, good for him, but is there someone that could have been a better fit for it? Well, Possibly. That's the, I think this is the thing, isn't it? You know, uh, I think that's what we're looking at AEW to see. I think the tag team division is a lot stronger than WWE's. The women's division needs a lot of work. And people like Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes, you know, they will eventually become, you know, world champions in that promotion. They're just binding their time right now. Haven't they got a TNT title? TNT, yeah, it's going to be Lance Archer versus Cody Rhodes uh, in the final. And, of course, Jake the Snake's been Lance Archer's uh, manager recently. That's worked out quite well. There's been yes. a lot of squash matches, but yeah. quite, I quite like it because there's too many faces on AEW. You need to build the hills up a little I bit. I did watch a very good match. Again, it was a kind of like a, a do-over from their previous match, the Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allen. Yes. Yeah, Cody yeah. Rhodes hit a coffin drop. Allen got his knees up. Then Allen hit it. Cody rolled him up. One, two, three. I thought that was an enjoyable match. But again, you know, it's. I, I think Cody Rhodes is going to get too big for his britches. Yeah. He's got the fans behind him at the moment, but we'll see what happens when, when it comes to that. But AEW saying that we've added to it. And, and much of the reason we added AEW and a lot of other stuff is because of um, WWE trying to shut us down. Now, this is a story that we was. This is a story all about how. No. Um, like I said, they contacted us. Saying they were starting podcasts and they wanted us gone, basically, uh, because we were using the WWE Network um, name. Which, I suppose, is fair enough in a certain point of view. It is fair enough. It's in promotion of WWE, which we was doing, you know. We was showing everything about everything that was good with the network, you know. And we did discover that it was worth the nine ninety nine a yeah, month exactly. after our first little <laughs> challenge. Um, you know, we was kind of getting people that may not be subscribers you know it, again i wonder how many subscribers you know we thought we was watching what watch along or you know we was uh doing that drop ride along or you know shows swerved, and all swerved the christian and all that edge show and to, yeah joey springer and 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 various different things like that you know i wonder how many people thought you know that does sound like a laugh like, I'll, I'll get it you know yeah. and they've kind of we didn't ask for any money for did we no. we didn't ask for money but again, you know, it was in promotion and it was, in my opinion, still stands that we was doing the WWE a favour. So, but then again, we had changed to the WR podcast a long time ago in the intros. You know, it's 2016. I remember coming up with a WR, right? I said to you, I think we should call it the WR podcast. And you said to me, no. And then about five months later, you come up to me and go, you know what? I've had an idea. And I said, what's that? We should call it the WR podcast. And I said, do you know what, Dan? That's a great idea. And then ever since, that's what we've been doing. That's kind of how it works. Yeah. <laughs> you sow a seed and then it blanches into a tree six months later and I think I've come up with the idea. Uh, so, you know, doing are we doing that? So we had changed it and we said to them, look, you know, we don't really want to be shut down. We'll change the name. But, we, we, you know, it's not kind of any content. And they said, well, content is based on kind of what we see fit. And again, it's part of me when someone says that goes, okay. And there's another part that goes, fuck them. And I just can't stop it. You know, when someone says to you, like, you've got to make sure you're either with us 
you're against us. My choice would normally be I'm against you, and I don't know what it says about me personally. I just feel that, you know? It's just, I can't. I don't want to be a sheep. I don't want to be, you know. So we were like, okay, so what do we do? Do we stop? You know, do we fucking, uh, do we carry on? Do we, what, what do we do? And I think what we came up with was actually quite a good way of, you know, kind of dealing with it because then we became not just about the WWE Network. Yes, we still watch it, you know, the kind of major shows and stuff. Major shows and stuff. But we've got, you know, we've got NJPW on demand. Like we said, we've got Rev Pro. We've got um, AEW if we need it as well. Impact Plus, you know, all these kind of stuff to kind of show you. And that's what started with Wrestle Kingdom this year and being like, right, okay, this is what's out there. It's not just WWE. It, It annoyed me WWE was saying we are, and people were saying they are what wrestling is. It is not. WWE is a company, but wrestling is something different. And this is what I'm trying to you know, ask on Twitter. Is it your love of WWE or your love of wrestling? Because I was like that. I was once like a guy who, oh, WWE are the best. Fuck everybody else. I'm a fan. Because you grow up with the characters. You grow up with that company name. I understand. But there are other stuff. I was, you know, talking to people on Twitter about women's wrestling. They go, well, this is not good. There's plenty of women's promotions, women's only promotions like Shimmer, where you can go and watch the talent if you want. Yeah. It's your choice. You, you, you're going to be paying the same amount as you're paying with the network or maybe even less with all the other services, you know, and you can go out there and make a choice. And I thought that was kind of the best idea to do it rather than going, oh, no. And like I said, we still promote the WWE in certain ways. But I just, it left a bad taste in my mouth, you know? Indeed, yes. And so, you know, we came up with a big fuck you to Vince McMahon and the WWE Stooges and said, look, you know, we're not going to base ourselves on the WWE Network. We're going to go across everything. And, you know, kind of, I think WWE would have taken a hit from that. <laughs> I like to believe it anyway. Well, this is the thing. They got into podcasts, again, talk about imitators and du- uh, duplicators. They got into podcasting. And then they said, oh, look, we don't want really anybody else doing it. Uh, which, you know, is is a bit of a shame. But, of course, there's a lot of WWE stuff out there now. What differentiates us is, of course, the kind of history that we've, we've built up over five years. But, of course, we're, like I said, we're like Jericho. We're like someone else. We're trying new things. You know, we're, we're, it's trial and error. And we're doing it with the people following us and listening to us, you know. And we might end up fat, overage. <laughs> people far too old for the game but we're still going to be doing it much like jericho <laughs> yeah. yeah but a little bit of the bubbly bit of the bubbly but i think this is the thing that we've seen now it's you know like we talk about we 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 try and just bring a little bit of something um a lot of people you know like i said i'm not going to name any on twitter that are kind of uh imitated or you know try to duplicate us there is one that really does annoy me but i have blocked them now and it's just a rip-off of our... It's it's literally them saying we are the dubbing our podcast. That, that ain't happening. There's one thing that does... You know, I don't mind supporting... I'll just talk about smaller podcasts, you know, followers and everything like that. I've got no problem supporting like, a YouTube channel or a podcast or something like that because it builds a community. It's a friendly community. This is what it's all about. It's not about, oh, my podcast is the best and yours is shit, so I'm not going to do anything because... If you can't do that, then you haven't got any competition. Sometimes it's enjoyable to listen to a couple of podcasts and be like, oh, I like what these guys do, but then you can try something else. But don't take stuff off us and then either don't credit us or, um, you know, don't, don't follow us or don't fucking like us. Or, or even some people are having a go on Twitter are like people who are based off us are then saying, oh, 
you know, pointing out errors in our tweets when they get no reactions and no likes and no nothing like that. And the only comments and likes they get or retweets is when they comment on stuff that kind of we do. And again, there are bigger people than us out there who, you know, we they support us and we support them as well. And it kind of, this is how Twitter works. We've got no time for kind of people. Selfish people. Selfish people. We're trying to help each other. We're just, the whole point is we love wrestling. That's yeah. why we started this for. You know, it was our love of wrestling. It was to be able to talk about it every week and be able to get people involved. And if someone has got an opinion, you don't go, oh, you're fucking, you're a cunt because you got that wrong. You go, I see your point. I might not agree with it, but we all like wrestling for a reason. What is it? Why did you get into wrestling for as a child, as a, as a later on? What was the one thing you thought I like about that? That's what I'm going to be. That's why I'm going to watch it. Um, I, I don't know. I suppose as younger age, it was kind of something that, it wasn't really instilled upon me from family, you know, it's something that I'd watch and I was like, Wow, you know, this this is fun. You know, there's a bit of pageantry to it, there's you know, bring think to it and then, you know, you'll have people saying wrestling's fake, well sell the films and you watch them. Um but then, you know, kind of I think in my later on years I appreciated what it was as opposed to kind of, you know, just watching the matches and liking characters. It was more of a wow, you know, what they do that is just immense. You know, some of the sequences, like the chain wrestling and, you know, how they kind of go about their business, that was something that's kept me into it as well. And, you know, the storylines, how they've kind of evolved as well is something that's kept me in. But, you know, what drew me into it, I, I, I think it was it was different. You know, it was, it was something that wasn't about as much and you know it was i've been given videos and my cousins were into wrestling they went to see the SummerSlam that was in the united kingdom and you know i remember him bringing me back a pair of brett glasses as well and it was like wow <laughs> you know and it, it was just i think from that well this is the thing that like, i remember seeing the untaker on tv and thinking oh fucking hell and you know it was a character at first and then later on it was a kind of to be able to watch any wrestling match, the range of emotion you can get from you can a great wrestler can make you cry, can make you laugh, can re, can make you happy. The results can make you ecstatic. There's a sort of energy there that is kind of you know you talk about supporting your football team or something like that. When you support a wrestler as well, when you pick one out, when they start becoming successful, you kind of really enjoy. It's like the same thing with like a McIntyre or like a Ricochet. When you you know meet these guys, you go, oh my god, look at it. That kind of it makes it extra special as well. I think as a kid, it was just, like you said, it, it was saying that I, I, I didn't know how they did it. I didn't know why they really killed them. So what they go, but I wanted to find out. I wanted to know, you know, not even how they did it. And if they, I loved the, how did they get along backstage and all this kind of storyline. I remember buying power slam and being like, Oh my God, let me find out a little bit about this and, and, and still be able to watch a match and enjoy it. Yeah, it's not like a magician when you find out his trick. You know, you can see it and you can be like, "Wow, this is." They when they like you said paint a picture, and well, match of the years like bait and done what they did, the story they told. That's yeah. why I love wrestling for you know. And a bit, I think a bit for me that helped with the wrestling was I'd say about the mid nineties, early to mid nineties. My dad took me to the Royal Albert Hall to see a WCW event, and you know, I'm, it may have kind of freaked to young me out like you know the loudness of it and just you know everyone cheering I was kind of a bit overwhelmed by that but once I got into it and you know seeing 
big Van Vader and it looked like he was talking to me and I was taunting him back, you know, and it was something, you know, I wish that I'd had more photographic memories of that and, you know, seeing a sting with his short spiky blonde hair and his face paint as well, that was kind of something that stuck out. I can't for the life of me remember the event, who wrestled there. I've tried to Google search it before in my life and, you know, I just can't for the life of me find it. Um, and there was also a video as well that I used to have and watch and re-watch of kind of a young Dave Finley, Bomber Dave Mastiff, uh, Dave Taylor. Um, I think it was Finley versus Dave Taylor in like a, a chain leather strap match as well, you know, watching that. Uh, I think Haystacks was there, Bomber Pat Roach. And, you know, it was just an old school thing of that. And it was just like, wow, you know, this was kind of this is available to me to watch. <laughs> and it was just awe-inspiring. Yeah, we're at doubt. And we're going to get on that in a minute. Uh, we're going to talk about... What we're going to talk about is our experiences in wrestling, our very first experiences and the shows that we attended as well. Uh, I think we might just do the kind of... Maybe the first couple of shows because I don't want to go too long on this one. Uh, but before we get to there, uh, we're just going to talk about a couple of things. So with Magnificent Seven, we started. And you, uh, Will Ospreay's... A, very important part of that. He's, for me at the moment, probably one of the greatest wrestlers in the world, bar, you know, whatever country you come from. Uh, what are your thoughts on New Japan when you first saw it in, in the year? And what are your thoughts on Magnificent Seven as well? Again, you know, it's NJPW. I think there's a lot of good to it, but, you know, it does also have its meh moments. You know, there's they're not as great as other bits, but I think the good outweighs the bad on NJPW. And, you know, a lot of people have come through, you know, like the Bullet Club, which is kind of, it was a staple part of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, and, you know, I would like to go back and watch some of the older stuff when the original Bullet Club was going through it. I think that would be very fun and enjoyable to watch. Um, you know, seeing the likes of Jericho making an appearance, I think... Even back in the day, Hulk Hogan's had one of his better matches at NJPW. I'm sure I watched a video on Twitter of Hogan going against someone. You know, this is going back, I think it was in his latter days with WWE. And you kind of see Hogan actually doing chain wrestling and it's kind of, you know, drop toe holds. And it's like, fucking hell, you know, we've watched him in WCW and he's probably counted on one hand the amount of moves he's done in a match. He's done more than that in a chain wrestling segment. And, you know, it it kind of, I think it brings the best out in a lot of people because it's not as big as, you know, some other companies have been at points in their time. And there's less pressure and it's just like, you know, just go out there, enjoy yourself, do what you can. And I think that's the kind of better thing that it does to it where it's not under pressure to perform well as lots of WWE and currently AEW are as well. Well, I think the thing is, the funny thing was that he was, uh, he had his leg drop finisher in Japan. They said, no, you ain't using that. And they said, their fucking leg drop's not going to finish people off. So he had to finish people off with the um, the clothesline instead of the lariat, as it was. And like I said, he respected Japan a lot. And a lot of people respect Japan, and that's kind of the place to be. It's just a shame that, um, of course, they've suspended all events in NJPW. And, of course, that's for the safety of everybody as well. But as soon as events are up and running... We will be following it here on the podcast. All right, so we're going to talk about shows that we attended, but the WWE shows attended, we're going to do on another podcast. So we're just going to focus on the independence since 2013. And like I said, we're probably only going to get 
to a certain point and then of course we'll continue it down the line uh maybe even for the wnr 300 or something like that that will be coming in august as well uh so what we're going to do we're going to talk about our very first events but first i want to this is one of my and of course we used it for the wnr 250 and dan wasn't a fair fan of this but i did i did like this one and this is shine down i dare you the theme to the wnr 250 hello and welcome to the WNR podcast or the WWE Network Review, a weekly podcast where we get the very best the WWE Network has to offer by watching something then, now and forever and seeing if it's worth the $9.99 a month. My name's James Rowlands and as always I'm joined by... Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I am joined by... Dan White. It's going to make Dan laugh, because today is episode 69. <laughs> <laughs> for two. Merry Christmas, everybody from the WNR podcast. Ho, ho, ho. We are in the Christmas spirit. And not only that, we are in the Christmas cottage, the same as we were last year. Dan's got the dinner on. I can hear it in the background. And what an episode we have for you today. Excited for it. It's, it, Dan, it intrigues me. I it's... don't want you to make any jokes about it. Don't be smallest. No, they're smallest. <laughs> so, we're going to talk about this match now, be as serious as we possibly can. Uh, Hillbilly Jim, Little Beaver, and then Hayden Kid versus King Kong Bundy, Lord Littlefoot, and Little Tokyo. And they're locking the door. What? Oh, Sid Vicious again involved in all these moments. You have five seconds to comply. And Arn Anderson makes another appearance. Oh my god, this is WWE best. Here comes Robocop. He's just gonna get a gun out and shoot them all. The cage. Oh my god. He just pulled that door off the hinges down. He was bending the metal bars with his bare hands, James. The man with Robocop in his corner cannot be defeated. God, and I think Robocop's going to shoot him. Then I'm alive, you're coming with me. Oh, 
Right, Dan. So um, we were talking about first events, and you remember the Royal Albert Hall, do you? So what was it about October time? Do you reckon? Um, possibly. Possibly about night night three. Might have been. Might yes. have been there. Might have been. You might have seen Johnny B. Bad defeating Jerry Sags. Possibly. You, Steamboat defeating Max Payne. You've seen two called Scorpio and Marcus Alexander Bagwell defeat Brian Pillman and Steve Austin. So you've seen Steve Austin. Wow. <laughs> Dustin Rhodes, Goldust, defeating Lord Stephen Regal. So you've seen I've William seen Regal. Man's man. Uh, Sting defeating Brian Nobbs. So, of course, the Stinger. And the main event, Davy Boy Smith, a British Bulldog, and Ric Flair defeat Big Van Vader and Rick Rude. Well, that would kind of, you know, ring true with the memories that I've got of it. So, yeah, that would have been... The event that I saw, you just put a tear to thine eye. No, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's that event. So we actually found the event for you. You'll never find mine. It was a kind of UK one. And I remember seeing, uh, like, in a spate of them. Obviously, Brian Dixon's, like, all-star kind of Butlins Haven ones. But I saw Earthquake. And I got yeah. a picture of him before he died. Jim the Anvil Nineheart. Picture of him before, before he died. died. <laughs> and Marty Jannetty. And Marty Jannetty was one of the events that I remember because I saw, uh, this is when I was just getting into wrestling. And the guy behind me was going, do you know what? Marty Jannetty was as good as Shawn Michaels in the tag team together. And I turned around, oh, well, they're in the tag team. He goes, yeah, they're in the Rockers. And Jannetty is a part of all these problems. And that kind of got me involved in the, oh, I wonder what happened then. The kind of behind the, the scenes kind of story as yeah. well. Uh, so I remember them. But like I say, the, the very first kind of WWE event we went to. But we... I don't know why we decided to go to Red Pro. I really don't remember. It might have just been where it was local, you know, literally less than 30 minutes. Like a day before my birthday as well, yeah. wasn't it? So maybe it was a, a treat that we went there. Uh, before we get on to that, we'll be just asking people on Twitter as well. Uh, we're asking them about their kind of, you know, we wanted them to kind of tell us your experiences, you know, no show too big or small. Did they meet anybody? What's the best be- show they've been to? Um, at Amishman9000 said he's been to Survivor Series 08. It was his first pay-per-view. Uh, Survivor Series 2013. Raw Rumble 2011, which was a 40-man Raw Rumble match. And the TLC 2015. And, of course, he said he never got to meet any of the wrestlers. Uh, and, of course, TLC 2015, what made that so special was the... Um, Kalisto fucking bending up um, Jimmy Jey Uso on the fucking ladder. Salida Del Sol, Salida Del Sol from the top, killing yeah. him, yeah. So, what great first event that was. Um, well, War Eagle said, uh, unfortunately, it was Survivor Series 2015. Enjoyed a couple of things on the show, but most of it sucked, if we're being honest. <laughs> um, you know, and you obviously mentioned it must have been cool to witness The Undertaker's entrance. Um, another person, Bella Lee, she said, uh, The Undertaker's entrance is always an amazing thing to experience live, and she got to experience it so close in the front row as well. It was amazing, which, you know, just to, just to see the smoke coming down and hearing the dongs. Um, War Eagle then went on to say, didn't realise how hot it gets when Undertaker or Kane's fire comes up during her entrance. Second row on the upper deck facing the announcers. It was super hot. <laughs> Near where they were, can't imagine how the people closer to the entrance ramp was feeling. So, you know, again, just good experiences like that. Uh, Zawar Khan said, I felt that too when I was at the Raw in Manchester. Manchester, England, England. England. When the Brothers of Destruction returned to confront the Wyatt family. Uh, you know, it was namely you. 
was luckily enough to see Undertaker Kane and Brian versus The Shield in London yeah, 2013. I didn't want to drop that, but, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, there was uh, Zawar Khan also went on to say he's had to swap batteries on his phone during the Bad News Barrett segment when he slaps Wayne Rooney, who's obviously for the American listeners. Oh, no, they might have experienced Wayne Rooney because he played for an American football team for a while, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll explain. Um, Joe Cook, I've got on to the same one now. So the house show at the Spectrum in Philly in the early 80s, the main event was Andre the Giant and Snooker versus Sergeant Slaughter and Dr. D. David Schultz. Wow, you know, to see some of these as well, you know, it's... We kind of take who we've seen for granted, but, you know, to see Snooker and especially uh, Andre the Giant just must have been awe-inspiring. At Vicar Velli said his first show was SummerSlam 2000. Of course, featured matches McMahon, Blackman, Street Fight, Hardys, Dudley's, Eels, Edge and Christian, Chelsea won. And, of course, Rock Triple H, Angle, WWE Championship. Wow. <laughs> That's not a bad uh, first event. Mike said a house show... In the 80s, at the Westchester County Centre in White Plains, New York, the main event was Dusty Rhodes, baby. Wow. Um, Dave Anderson said a house show in Wildwood. Ali Syed said WrestleMania changed my life. Uh, Glorious Ashley said WWE Live in Salt Lake City, March 8th, 2014. Second was WrestleMania 30, less than a month later. Uh, and Super... Said, a roar in 2011, sometime before WrestleMania. Got to see Taker's entrance. As for the last pay-per-view, Night of Champions 2015. Wow. So, just want to say thank you for everybody who was telling us on the show. There was one guy I like to talk about trying to steal the show, Pender J. At Pender J. He said, the first event I attended um, was the... Because we were doing tweets about In Your Houses from In Your House 1996... He said the first, that was the first event he attended. Sat a few rolls behind Mad Dog. Haven't missed a show since. Uh, and he was telling us that he had actually been to a Nitro as well and seen Eddie Guerrero, which is kind of history in itself as well at that time, you know. Indeed, yeah. Uh, and of course, um, like I said, we, we, we've been to... So we'd just like to thank everybody for the Twitter um, responses and all that lot. Uh, we just want to talk about our kind of shows as well. But Twitter's been so nice because like uh, Twitter now for a little while and uh, the kind of responses that we've had and of course Rocky3163 said when we reached 7k on Twitter he says I hope you guys can hit 7k 10k mark as many cases as you can you'll work so hard to make your account as excellent as it is you guys deserve it and of course everybody else as well that has thanked us for hitting um, that kind of amazing mark you know Brandon Arsgarn said congratulations on that and, of course, uh, a couple of other people as well wish us happy birthday and anniversary. Like I said, when Twitter's done right, Twitter's a lovely place, isn't it, Dan? It you know? is indeed, yes. You know, if you filter through the arseholes on Twitter, <laughs> you do find some nice, genuine people. And you've kind of, you know, we've made some Twitter friends. Twitter friends. And, you know, some of the friends we might class as Twitter family. Yes, exactly. We've but... got a weird uncle. <laughs> is that you? <laughs> no. Well, it's even a WNR family. I don't know what it is yet, but we'll come up with a name for everybody on Twitter. Just like to thank everybody. It's been amazing. And, of course, we're going to have a couple of uh, Twitter followers as well. Actually, I'll, I'll say that now because, like I said, we've been going for five years. And our very first week, we got three very special followers. And uh, they are going to be our followers of the week because we remember our first three. And they're as important as they are now. Let's not have them as a follower of the week, James. Let's have them follower of the anniversary. <laughs> well, follower of the anniversary, I think you're right then. So the very special three, uh, we remember. 
I'm going to say them right now. So we've got at Eddie Deman 71778. Don't remember that at. That is Eddie Dobler. We've got at K Eberhard, which is, of course, Lady Undertaker. And Dan, your favourite ever. At, at Mark Tardis. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's, he's great at interacting with us. You know, we've had some fun conversations and he's kind of brought a light to the life that is the WNR podcast as well. Yeah, he kept us going, you know, and these guys, you know, especially in the early days, you know, 2015 and 2016. And we appreciate your support from the very beginning up until now. Like we said, our, our latest, um, our followers are, are fantastic as well, like we said. And we're going to continue doing the follower of the week as well. And we're hoping to bring you a follower's choice podcast where we bring, you know, what you want us to watch. Look how short your hair is. <laughs> Kind of like a leisure centre arena. Well, yeah. We had the ring, didn't we? And then we had the table set up in like the kind of bar area where the wrestlers were. And I walked in. And the part of the reason I wanted to go because Colt Cabana was there as well. And uh, I was starstruck. I honestly was. I was very... It was very difficult for me to kind of go over and say hello. So luckily Luke was there who went over, had no problems, you know, putting his hand on his shoulder and saying to me, mate, my, my friend wants to speak to you. Yeah, it kind of left a bit of taste in my mouth, the whole Colt Cabana thing, because I was a huge fan, I was starstruck, and when I met him, he just, he seemed more interested in the money than anything else, which was a huge shame, because I was saying to him, like, I'm such a huge fan, he, he didn't really care, you know. Um, Ultimo Dragon was at the event as well, and it's kind of, uh, to look back on it now, it's pretty amazing. So let's just run through the card first, and I'll write them down so we can prove who we've seen and who we haven't. Got him. Um, well, the first match was El Ligero versus El Ligero. That was kind of like a, an unmasking match. The loser had to be unmasked and was never allowed to beat El Ligero ever again. Yeah, and that was Josh Bodum who was that guy. And he, of course, went uh, somewhere else. Next match? Uh, next match was Lord Gideon Gray versus It's Yourself Grado. Why do you like Lord Gideon Gray so much? He was just a stiff upper-lipped British character, like the kind of stereotypical British character. But he kind of played it off really well with his uh, kind of walking stick slash cane. Not cane as in Undertaker cane, by the way. And Grey Doach yourself, and we were singing along to the entrance as well before he came really, really big. Yep. Um, the next match was, I don't know, some might call it a dream. But we was there, we lived it. It was Ricochet versus Will Ospreay. <coughs> and you can actually see us in the background if you go to... Uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get on to that in a minute. We're going to go on there and we're going to look at ourselves. We're going to pick a match. Uh, we just want to run through the car quickly. Ultimo Dragon versus Shah Samuels versus Paul Robinson. And that's not the ex-Spurs goalkeeper that scored from his own box, by the way. Versus Chris Travis. Rest in peace, Chris. Pleasure. You know, it was a pleasure that we got to see Chris Travis before his untimely and far too early passing. Uh, Noam Dar versus Marty Skrill or Party Marty as I believe he was known as back then. And Colt, Boom Boom Cabana versus Rampage Brown. Yeah, Cabana was the uh, Rev Pro champion. So out of all those matches, Dan, which one would you want to pick to watch? Ricochet versus Will Ospreay. Okay, so luckily that's what we've picked to watch, Ricochet versus Will Ospreay. And like you said, Ole, like you say, if you go to uh, 27, 28 on the Rev Pro app, it's only like six pounds as well, so it's not too bad. I can actually see the hat you're wearing, Dan. I'm wearing a white beanie hat, and James, you can see your shoulder as of moment. It looks like we're talking. Me probably saying, "Who the fuck are these guys?" Oh, you can see us now. Clear view there. 
You and me are chatting away, aren't we? We really did enjoy this one. And making his way to the ring, a young, unknown lad called Ricochet. Well, Never we, heard of him in my life. We didn't know who he was. We didn't know who Osprey was. No. And this is the thing. We were like, oh, who's this? Who are these guys? And then, you know. Sorry, King Ricochet. <coughs> I, but I can't remember we, meeting Will Osprey. Can you? I can't. No. I honestly cannot remember. Because I remember meeting Ricochet. Because I said, because after this match, there's like an interval. And I said to him, like, that's crazy. You should see us a minute. Go on. So what do you think of the setting and the look of it now? It looks a lot better than it did in person. It does, yeah. The filming gives it a lot of credit, I suppose. But, you know, you see Ricochet making his entrance, flipping over the top rope, going up into the corner, backflipping off of that. And then we see kind of like a a pose-off between these two guys doing standing backflips as Ricochet and Will Ospreay are kind of uh, having a flip-off. Oh, look, there we go. You can see the yellow GTS there. If I shout out, it's only because I see myself. All right, it looks like they're going to have a dance-off. I can't believe we saw Ricochet and Osprey just like, you know what I mean? Well, on our first time going together, <laughs> you probably can't see Luke because he was at the bar. More than likely. And it's great they can go back, because this might have been lost, you know what I mean? I found some pictures for the event, but I'm so pleased it's been recorded and it's actually there to watch. And it's an important part of Red Pro's history, look. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, look, would you have thought I can that... see me, sorry, I'm just saying, look, I'm just... <laughs> I'm probably looking at my phone at the moment in time. Uh, but it's unbelievable the talent that these two guys, you know, we're thinking, oh, who leads to? Let's see, let's see what they got. Indeed, and like, you know, the kind of main attraction to this was Ultimo Dragon and Colt Cabana. But, you know, you look at where them two guys have gone now, you know, one of them, Ultimo Dragon's probably retired and Colt Cabana's just a dick. <laughs> um, and you kind of, uh, you know, you see these two guys, they was just making ends meet at this moment in time. You know, they'd obviously travelled the globe and, you know, they're just kind of honing their trade here. And you're like, you know, wonder what's going to happen to these two guys. And they're working off the crowd because it's quite a small crowd. They seem quite happy to be there. They obviously wrestled, you know, countless times at this point already. Ricochet's in great shape. And Osprey really hasn't changed that much, really, if you think about it. If you talk about Time Machine for seven years ago. Yeah. Well, shoulder block takedown from uh, Osprey to Ricochet, who just nips straight back up again. And again, these two are probably the most aerial gifted wrestlers that wrestling has produced. I know, of our generation. And we were lucky enough to see these guys. That's why it's important to go see any kind of, not independent show. I love the fact I'm on screen a lot more than I thought it was. I can see you now as well. That's not about us, though. (laughs) I'm kind of covered by the person in front. All you can see is my beanie hat. Oh, oh, oh look, they come out on our side as well. We saw this literally inches away from us. Oh. <coughs> God, my, I was into the action you there, weren't shouting. I? <laughs> As you heard me. There's you shouting. Yeah. <laughs> Clapping away, getting into it. That's what I'm saying. That's what wrestling's about. Wait, you're looking at your phone. I'm getting ready for a picture. Oh, yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. a <on> phone. <laughs> you can see me there. Well, Ricochet had kind of left the arena. I really don't remember any of this. He's come back to ringside. I remember the end of, of it because the video is on. It's actually on our YouTube channel. Now I'm looking up my phone. Come on, James, look up. James, you're missing history here. <laughs> Can you imagine these two ever coming together in like WWE or something? That that would just be mental. I just I couldn't actually. And then they that. use stills or videos from this Rev Pro event. This is like one of the first times these two guys came together. It, honestly, this is, like I said, two of the best of their generation. When you talk about high flyers, and we were lucky enough to see these, and this is what kind of started our love 
of wanting to sit next to each other and watch I don't wrestling. Think, uh, sorry to interrupt. I don't think Jared is there. It's me, you and Luke. Oh, is it Luke? Can, have you seen Luke yet? Yeah, I have. He's just come back from the bar. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. He stood to your the other side of you than I am. That's brilliant. Uh, is that the side? No, it might not be. No, that's not the side. You'll, you'll see the side. you see my... Uh, I think that's that side there. It was Ricochet just taking over an Osprey. I'm glad I wore a bright T-shirt. You know what I mean? At least you can see the yellow. Oh, Ricochet have a huge kick to the back. Ricochet must be sporting at least a eight pack. At least a twelve pack. Like I said, he ridiculous shape. And even when we met him afterwards, he wasn't out of breath. So it just oh, shows condition. Oh yeah. <clears throat> you got to remember, we've not seen this for what seven years. No. So this is quite. A this little... is the first time I've watched it since watching it. <laughs> uh, aside from the videos and the pictures that we have, but they kind of don't bring it. It is a proper, it's an anniversary treat, really, isn't it? Do you know it what is. I mean? It is. It's so nice to see. It's a lot of history. The reasons behind, the kind of, the origins of the WNR podcast. This is kind of the prequel. You know what I mean? Finally, on the anniversary show. You did have a good seat. Like, kind of, most of my view is obstructed by the woman in front of me. But you, you're just there. <laughs> I've just seen everything. <clears throat> and these two guys have delivered uh, a very good, sta- you know, sort of standard wrestling but proving that they can actually wrestle without having to do all the flips. It's just a shame that the camera work is absolutely awful. And again, you know, no disrespect to the low production value that's going on here. You know, we've kind of come accustomed to like the WWE, AEW standard of filming. Well, they've got their hard cam, but they're not really using it. They're switching between the two yeah. at ringside. And that's one of the things I remember most about Rev Pro was the kind of cameraman and the photographers in front of you. That was a little bit annoying yeah. sometimes. Especially as the cameraman, like one of them, he's really tall as well. There's Luke. Oh, yeah. You see his head in between. There's Luke. We'll tell you the uh, knick-knack <laughs> story after this. Knick-knack story, even. Knick-knack, paddywhack. And Osprey trying to punch at the eight-pack of Ricochet. We're not working. James is pointing. That one's Ricochet. As Ricochet gets caught there with a gut buster. It annoys me as well when people go, oh, Osprey and Ricochet can't work. Look at them. Elite performers. And not just because we've seen them live. No. <coughs> Irish whip, handspring and a step up in Seguri. Brilliant from Osprey. Ricochet struggling to get to his feet. Swinging net breaker. Yeah, I've got a fucking guy in front of me now. It's annoying. as Osprey. Beautiful moonsault. It's only annoying because you can't see you. Exactly. I can't see me for a second. There's Butler at ringside. And now Ricochet slowly gets his feet. Osprey looking to put him away. Huge forearm shot, but Ricochet responds. Comes in with a shoulder to the midsection. Step up in Seguri. Springboard's off the top rope. Osprey ducks it, though. And a huge... It's like a hell of a kick. Oh! oh. Well, Ricochet caught Osprey. Looked to turn it into a spinning backbreaker, but he got turned into a DDT from Osprey. Rolls up Ricochet, who kicks out. Oh. Well, we chant this is awesome before the chant got overused, you see, because this is really good. And oh, look, they see me as Osprey's looking to go up. There's one thing I remember, and it's the ending. It's incredible stuff with you too. And Osprey now. Ricochet rolls through, catches Osprey with a big boot. Step up in Seguri, blocked. <laughs> Knees. Knees to the face, and then standard moonsault, not finished. Into a suplex, two. No. Osprey managing to get his shoulder up at two. Two. I mean, my God, look at the action. I mean, it's enjoyable to watch. Just imagine being there in person, Dan. I mean, I don't know. You got your phone out, James. <coughs> now, Ricochet, maybe looking to finish Osprey. Oh, 
I'm well, res- fucking respond to it like I've seen it for the first time, but... A huge exchange of kicks between the two guys. Beautiful stuff there. And they've got the commentary track along with it as well. I mean, like I say, if they want two good commentators from the South East, I think you know where to look. Yes, anywhere but the WNR. Oh, sorry, what? <laughs> what? <coughs> Osprey asking Rick Shea to bring it. And you guys psyching each other up. An exchange of forearms as they're both on their knees. Osprey looks to roll through with a kick. Northern Lights suplex by Ricochet keeps going into the suplex. That's the most beautiful Northern Lights <laughs> I've seen. <laughs> and you saw it live, isn't that good? A ricochet with a cover, but only a two count. Two. It doesn't matter, you know. Even in front of what two hundred people, whatever it is, they put on this kind of show. It's just that shows you the talent. And ricochet Rick- signalling for the end. Come on, Ricochet! That's what you used to share, shout. Ricochet going up the ring smaller, but it still manages to manoeuvre about. Osprey holding him on for dear life. Both men on the top rope. Hurricane Rana. Fucking hell. Will Osprey sending Ricochet pretty much all the way across the ring. It's a huge super kick. No. no. Can't put Ricochet down. Managing to kick out. Uh. Now Osprey looking frustrated. He can't get the job done. <laughs> and what's Will Osprey got left? Puts Ricochet in position. And here we go. 6.30 by Osprey. Oh, Ricochet moves out the way, though. <laughs> That's going, fucking hell. Step up into Guri for Ricochet. And he's got Osprey in position. Because Ricochet, 6.30 and lands it. Goes into the pin. Gets the win. My God. Now, we've got the 6.30 splash on the channel where we pull it up there. But incredible stuff to do. Dan, looking back on it seven years on. I mean, this wouldn't be out of place at TakeOver now. What are your thoughts? No, not in the slightest. It's, you know, an amazing match. And again, it's two guys that you can tell has have amazing love for the business. And, you know, no matter whether it's in front of 200 people or 20,000 people, these two guys are still going to put on the best show they possibly can. Without a shadow of a doubt. Look, there we go. I think we've just... Hang on a minute. Let me see if I could just go back. Because I think you just got you stand. There you go, look. Dan standing up. Standing ovation is worth it. Standing Dan. Just to prove he was there. Just to prove he liked the event so much. <clears throat> a stand Dan ovation. Well, Dan, that's how much of a fan you were. We've got proof right now. What are your thoughts on that? I can see tears in your eyes. Well, you know, again, watching it back, I couldn't really remember too much. It was seven years ago, and I do believe I was drinking at that event, <laughs> as you can see by the picture of me, you, and Ricochet. Um, but, no, you know, reliving it and watching it again, it was an absolutely brilliant match. Uh, definitely worth going to, you know. I, who would have known that these two guys would have become the huge successes they are today? And that is the kind of risk that you take with going to see pretty much any independent wrestling show without a shadow of a doubt that's what I say that's what I kind of first show together that me and Dan or Dan and I went to and we saw the luxury of seeing Osprey versus Ricochet uh, let's go back to Twitter quickly because as we're recording lots of people have been commenting Chanard uh, says Vengeance 2001 was his first event the day I am Jericho became the first ever undisputed champion uh, we also got this is Sempi. He said, I believe it was 2005, SmackDown. It was like Eddie Guerrero, Benoit. Can't remember the six man plus Taker came out. I begged my mum to let me go. Kalin Patel said, WrestleMania 35, attended the event with a few of my friends and had a blast. Who would have thought the WrestleMania 35 might be the last one night ever? Crazy. Um, Joe's WCW Thunder fan 
house show in London in late 96. Main event was Bret Hart versus Vader. Uh, Stephen at Stephen 86210 said house show in 1990. I can't remember the date, but Hart Foundation versus Demolition and Hogan versus, uh, versus Earthquake were the matches that I remember. Isn't it nice to be sharing the first experiences <laughs> Of going to see like a proper wrestling. It event. is, and so um, you know, again, at the time, you don't feel as them as being massive moments. But the Jericho moment, and you know, a lot of different moments that the listeners have seen, and uh, you know, the commenters, and it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, without a doubt, like we said. Uh, so we're gonna have, uh, we're gonna see how long it takes. We're gonna move on to our next event because we did go to a few. And whatever we don't finish here on today's show, we will continue either on the next NXT UK update and we'll have like a Magnificent 7 update with this or again anniversary show, but we'll keep you updated. So our next event is a Christmas Cracker 2013. Then, Do you remember anything about this Christmas Cracker? I don't... <laughs> what? I don't know. You don't know um, or you don't? I don't know. No. <laughs> Either way... We're going to have a, a look at the Christmas cracker and then we can uh, run through the card. You let me know uh, if you remember anything from it. <coughs> okay, so Christmas cracker and it was um, the, 12th, the 8th of December 2013. Dan, run through the card for us, will you? Um, well, we had an Extreme Measures semi-final one, which was Josh Bowden versus El Ligero, the two guys that we see going together in the previous uh, Rev Pro event. We saw the Swords of Essex versus the London Riots. Yes, which uh, Will Ospreay is a part of that team as well. Uh, we saw Rampage Brown versus Dave Mastiff. Yeah, fucking Dave Mastiff now calls part of NXT UK. Ooh, Nation, who is Apollo Crews versus Marty Skrill. That's a girl's name, by the way. Uh, we, we also saw Shah Samuels versus Mandrews, yeah. Mark Andrews. And uh, we see the Legion of Lords versus Project Ego. And then, of course, the Extreme Measures Final Four match. So out of all them, I think I know which one I want to see. Damn. Yeah, go on, you choose. I, I want to see Uha Nation versus Marty Skull because he actually came up to us and said to us, do, we, uh, do I suck? So hopefully this will be on here as well because we did post that. Oh, that's a good time, isn't it? So let's just find the match. So it is Apollo <laughs> Crews. And again... Like you said, maybe talent that you're not expected to see. Well, again, this oh, is when Marty was his party Marty gimmick. <laughs> That's us over there when he just said, I suck. So we're on that side of the audience then. Uha Nation just got in the crowd doing a nice baby face thing. So what do you think of Marty Skelton? We're seeing him here. I mean, he's he's one of the Magnificent Seven now, isn't he? You know. Yes, indeed. He's uh, certainly is playing up to his character. You know, he's a heel, interacting with the uh, the fan base as well. And, you know, it is, again, for him, character development. Without a shadow of a doubt. And it's great to see these two guys and Marty Skull just taking his time. I remember seeing it. It's just so thick as well. Do you know what I mean? Just solid as a rock. And another thing about this event I remember. Oh, we didn't take... Do you want to tell the Ricochet knickknack story quickly, Dan? Um, well, the Ricochet knickknack story is me, James, who you obviously know from the podcast, Hi. and our friend Luke. We might have mentioned him once or twice before but he's not really what you'd call a wrestling fan and uh you know that moment in his life he he likes a tipple or two you know only at christmas, only at christmas. and days ended in why <laughs> um but he was luke was at the bar and you know like there was obviously a lot of people trying to talk to ricochet 
you know, asking him wrestling questions. And our friend Luke was at the bar. He's, you know, getting a bit peckish. Got himself some knickknacks. <laughs> and uh, Ricochet came and stood next to him. Luke, not knowing who Ricochet was from any other member of the public, the fact that he had an American accent might have given it away, that he was a wrestler, or that he was wearing trunks and a bit sweaty still. <laughs> but Luke was stood at the bar, you know, chatting to the barman, having a drink, eating his knickknacks, and Ricochet came along and tried one of his knickknacks, and, oh, they're nice, and ordered himself a packet. Luke came back and said, yeah, you see that bloke there? I just had a chat with him at the bar about some knickknacks. And... Yeah, you just couldn't believe it because we were like, "Oh my god!" We went up to him and said, "Like, oh man, like you're so great." And a part of the reason why we came back the second time was because of kind of Ricochet and all that lot as well. Do you know what I mean? So th- we came here and we saw the guys like this, and then when we finally met Ricochet again, we said to him, "Look, you know, you're part of the reason," and he he was generally, you know happy about it, and that's what makes yeah. him such a cool guy. But even Marty Skull, who is a hill. Couldn't have been nicer to me, could he? No, absolutely not. I've got some pictures. Was it this one or the one after that I took my brother to? It might have been this one. Because I've got pictures of my brother with Marty, you know, standing around it. Uh, oh, no, the... no. Ricochet's not wrestling this one, is he? So, no. So, this it might have been one of the next ones. I don't know, but... I don't know if he'd have met Ricochet. Well, because I got Liam with Ricochet. No, I got Liam with Colt Cabana. Yeah. That's who I got with. So, wherever Colt Cabana was. <laughs> yeah, but. Um... That's my. Ch- that's Luke's. Uh, son, not I didn't kidnap a child. Just in yeah. case. <laughs> Luke said he wasn't really up for the next trip, but me and Dan kept going. Like we said, this is the trip was just you and me, and possibly children. So we don't yes. know. Is that me just there? I think that was you and me just then. Yeah. I think I see my white beanie hat, and I think you see you wear the same hat. My God, that is bad. Well, I just like to be noticed. <clears throat> but the tickets were quite cheap. I think the tickets were only like ten, fifteen pounds. So yeah. it wasn't. Didn't, didn't break the bank, did it? <laughs> and this match, even though it's been going on for about five minutes, they haven't kind of interacted. Marty's been playing the heel character and he's been kind of escaping, going out of the ring, using the whole 10 count. And then when he came in this last time, he tripped over the middle rope and landed face first in the ring. That's quite cool. Ha, ooh, ha. <laughs> yeah, it was the next one that we went to. Next, uh, I think we've got to do the next one because that's fucking amazing what that one is. But um, like I said, watching a skull just... Being the, the, the hill that he is. And Uha Nation, I remember going out for a cigarette at the event and looking through because it was at the little leisure centre. You could see a window. And I remember him getting money out of his little purse. And I just <laughs> felt so like, I looked, so I just like, oh, bless his little art, you know. He's got a coin purse. He's got a coin purse. Now he's got a big purse. So I suppose Apollo Cruz, what are your thoughts on him anyway? Do you think he's uh, got the shot he deserves? Of course, he, he was in the money in the bank before the injury. Yeah. So he's still uh, going around. Um, yeah, again, you know, he's, he's deemed as by quite a few people as very bland, you know, not much personality going on. Could that mean he needs to be teamed up with a mouthpiece, you know, in a tag team or in a manager role? But, you know, you certainly can't deny that he is definitely athletically gifted. I doubt, and uh, he's calling Skull in to uh, show a bit of power. And Marty showed his, ga- uh, showed his intelligence going for the leg. And Uha there just showing what he can do, leapfrog and a drop kick. What is Apollo Crews' finisher? That I am not sure. <laughs> I don't even remember much of this card, to be fair. So, and I don't want to... No, I don't. Again, you know, we've been to quite a lot of wrestling events. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you know, like I said, it's not... I, I do remember seeing Uha Nation. There's no doubt about it. But I wouldn't be able to tell you the, the match and so forth. You know, it might be quite difficult. That's Martin now just running around. 
catches him in a drop kick, sends him into the Dan. Into the Dan's. Oh, yeah, there we are, look. We're laughing at Marty not diving, so it's just two of us. In. And now Marty just waiting for Uha Nation to get in. Nation looks to be knocked off the apron. Dives in over the top rope, takes out Skrull. <coughs> Goes for the cover, but might imagine a kick out. Oh. So out of these two guys, who do you think would have kind of made the bigger name for himself? Well, Marty doesn't look that <coughs> big here, and that's the crazy thing about it. Like, I look at Marty Skrull now, and I think he's quite, you know, the normal-sized wrestler. I don't know if it's the fact that Uha Nation just looks giant next to him, but... I mean, you maybe think, I don't know how much success these two guys would really gone to have. It's incredible to think that they actually have. You know, one in WWE now, one running Ring of Honor. Yeah. It's again to see two guys at this point and think, fucking hell, where would they be in seven years' time? It's quite an achievement. The same thing with Osprey, Ricochet. Same thing with quite a few of these guys, you know? Indeed, yeah. <clears throat> and a huge chop just takes a sweat off Uha uh, Nation. Marty hit a couple of chops, went for a third one, but Nation managing to dodge it. Few chops of his own, but Skrull comes out of the corner with a boot to the midsection, trying to power Nation up, but back drops for his troubles. Drop toe holds him into the middle turnbuckle, though. How intelligent that is by Marty running a drop kick, and Marty's definitely got that British style about him. Definitely keeping it close to the ground, knows what he's doing. Of course, this is Party Marty, uh, which is of course different to the villain that he is now. You can see with the got a hairband in as well. He seems to be starting to grow his hair out a bit. <clears throat> Marty now got the sleeper in, but he should get to his feet. I'm sorry, but did I hear the commentators say cash before gash? Have you ever heard of that? Well, that's nice, isn't it? Marty with a headbutt, but that probably didn't help. I think he came off the worst out of the two. <clears throat> I'm not too keen on this match because we're not featured as much. No, I don't really see us a lot. That's a shame. But now look at Marty just stamping down. I don't know if this is an event or not. There was a fan, Dan. What was he doing? Um, well, every wrestler that would come out, you know, say if it was Party Marty, he'd be like, Party Marty, that's a girl's name. <laughs> and he'd done it for every single wrestler on the card. And that was brilliant there by Uha Nation manager to flip round and catch him. And now it looks to build some momentum. Fuck knows. That might be actually, yeah. And we're still discussing what his finisher is. is the Stinger Splash. And then another one. And now pick him up for a powerbomb. Sit out. But Marty managing a kick out. Uh. Oh, now Cruz calling for it. Standing moonsault. But Marty moved out of the way. <laughs> oh, shoulders him up. Uh, gets him up onto his shoulder. Hits him with the Samoan drop. Standing shooting star. But that was only a two count. Two. <clears throat> Can't be his finisher then. You've always got shooting star moonsault mixed up, haven't you? Standing moves, Holt. <laughs> Same difference. A skull now looking for the pin. Nation picks him up, though. Smarty managing to roll him through. Nearly gets a, a win with the pulling of the tights. Well, Skrull's got a chain wrapped around his knuckles. Referee don't see it. Well, now oh. he sees it. Referee's saying not how to use that. A huge pump kick from Nation. Irish whip goes underneath Nation's legs. No, that was nice by Marty. Getting him into the pin combination. Gets him into the corner, holding the bottom ropes. Referee didn't see it, and a victory for Marty. And that's what you want in your heel wrestlers, to be fair, to go out and get a victory. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Um, Again, you know, it was a completely different match. I'm not too sure these two guys' styles meshed as well as Ricochet and Will Ospreay. Um, but it was, you know, an enjoyable match, especially to see, like, you know, kind of what went on from these two guys. <clears throat> Finn Balor, Prince Devitt versus Adam Cole. 
Fuck off. What? Devitt versus Cole. Yeah, I know. We we missed that one. He's Summer Sizzler. <coughs> Young Bucks versus... That's the one we saw, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one we saw. So we're going to go through these now and say... So the next one we went to wasn't uh, until the Sitting Bourne Spectacular. So that was the next one we had gone to, the event. So, again, who would have thought the people at this event would have become saying... So let's just run through the card here. Uh, well, we had Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal versus the Swords of Essex. Yeah, we had a Fools Count Anywhere grudge match. Josh Bowden versus El Laguerra. That was when the trolley got involved. We had a stake streak versus career in Rev Pro match. Colt Cabana versus Lord Gideon Gray. We had Mandrews versus Marty Skull. And we had the undisputed British Tag Team Championships, the Inner City Machine Guns versus the Young Bucks. Dan, what match shall we watch? Um, oh, I don't know. How's about the tag team match at the end? The inner city machine guns versus the young bucks. Yeah, so Jay Lethal and Ricochet. No, so Rich Swan. I am so racist right there. Rich, we did see Jay Lethal though. Yeah. But Rich Swan, Cruiserweight Classic and all that lot, Dan. Indeed, yes. Uh, had a brief run in... WWE kind of came abruptly to an end. Was Cruiserweight champion, though? Yes. Going against two of the faces of the tag team division in All Elite Wrestling. Yes, the Young Bucks. And uh, you you remember this because obviously the uh, kicks as well. We've got that on YouTube. Oh, I think that's on your Twitter, isn't it? It is. It is the pinned tweet on my Twitter account. Yeah, so go and retweet that and like that. And this is a fun atmosphere here with these two tag teams. I'm going to undo my... Retweet and retweet it now. There you go. It's just been refreshed. Well, there's at least five championship belts here. Two, the RPW Tag Team Championships. Two. At least. At least. Unbelievable, though, that we're seeing these talents. And, I mean, you didn't have a fucking clue who the Young Bucks were at this time, did you, Dan? No, they was just, in my opinion, two Rockers rip-offs. <laughs> and going against Ricochet, of course, when we saw him, like he said, he said, hey, guys, I remember you last time around. Of course, Rich Swan has changed, I think, a lot since this show. This is six years ago now. I'm trying to look out for your hat. So here we go. The match has indeed started. Is that us there? No. We'll start off with uh, Matt Jackson, Rich Swan. Wow, look at that by Rich Swan. Beautiful. Runs into a super kick, though. <laughs> singing. It sounds like you, James. It's really out of tune. Well, me, <laughs> I'll go singing tune. The young bucks now get hold of Rich Swan. Impressive tag team manoeuvres there by the Young Bucks. It's not the fact we just got to saw Young Bucks. It's the fact we got to saw, see them against talent like Ricochet and Rich Swan to really make the match pop. Well, again, you know, you kind of wouldn't realise this, but this is WWE against AEW. Before <laughs> AEW was even thought of, Cody Rhodes was still wrestling for WWE at this point. Yeah, that's true. As Rich Swan sent into the corner. Managed to get the boot up and fight both of the Jacksons off. Springboards his way in. Step up in Seguri. Gets the tag to Ricochet. And Ricochet's just got so much confidence at this point as well. Such a great worker. He just, everything about Ricochet that I see, just so smooth. He is going from corner to corner, taking out both members of the Young Bucks. Guy, if you're looking at four men who would make it down, would Ricochet be the one for you that stood out? Definitely, yeah. You can see the impact he had on you when you first saw him and see him again. You know, you could argue that at this current moment in time, Matt and Nick Jackson have kind of 
I don't know, been dealt the better hand at this current point in time. Yeah. Like obviously, you know, being executives in All Elite. I would agree with you there. Look at this forearm, super kicks. It's just the action is thick and fast. This is where, I mean, the matches that we've seen are worth the price of admission alone, aren't they, for Red Pro? Absolutely. Might not have thought that at the time. <laughs> oh, no, we loved this match, and we loved the uh, Ricochet Osprey match. Oh, my God. Which one just get flipped around. And this will be the last match we'll bring you. We'll catch you up with all or the rest of these matches. Uh, next possible date, we'll let you know. It'll either be like a Magnificent 7 UK update or a special show in its own. Awfully... awfully WL300, we'll have more of that in just a minute. We're just going to enjoy this first. As Rich Fronz, the guy, again, in the wrong part of town. I've not seen us yet, have you? I haven't. Couldn't even tell you what I was wearing. No, I think we're on this, the only side that they haven't got a fucking camera on, to be fair. (coughs) It's surprising that I haven't heard your big mouth, so... I think I was probably just enjoying the action. Yeah. We should work out on the video that you took where we were sitting. We should do some, like, investigative journalism we're sitting that end then we opposite are the lights there's two sets of lights there's lights all around <laughs> there are lights all around yeah okay so if anybody wants to see us we're sitting opposite the lights with the red pro sign yes yes <laughs> there you go dan sorted it out nailed it and the jacksons there just taking swan out and now rich swan still trying to get a harm's way but the jackson's showing exactly what a tag team wrestling is all about blind tag irish whip and then swan runs into an elbow Ricochet desperate for the tag. So by the third time, Dan, are we more seasoned veterans then at this point? Um, I was probably still asking a majority of the time, who are these guys? <laughs> like about three or four times during a match. Uh, but, you know, I was appreciating a lot more of what we were seeing. We were only like a few months away from the start of the podcast as well. So obviously we had kept in contact watching wrestling and they'd gone to attend it here. And Rich Swan managed DDT. Jay Lethal's legs, when I saw him as well, were fucking massive. I was like, whoa, former Ring of Honor champion. And now Ricochet gets the tag in, trying to take out Young Bucks, but no, you're going to double team him. Irish whip, Ricochet ducks underneath. Face first into the mat. Ricochet's come in and he's on fire, baby. He's taken out Nick and Matt Jackson with uh, extraordinary manoeuvres, showing his uh, athleticism here. Looks for the suplex. Step up in Seguri gets dark. Superkick gets caught. Lovely northern lights. And now picking him up with a suplex. We saw that against Will Ospreay. Can't get the job done though. Managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And now he wants Swan in. Double Irish whip. Lovely <laughs> combination from Swan and Ricochet. Ends in a standing moonsault. Oh yeah, we had scissor kick in there. He had what? Like a fucking code breaker. Code breaker. Super kicks. And now it looks like Ricochet and Swan. Going to put them away. We're going to see 6.30 again. Again, what a pleasure to see these four man, men and especially this move. No manager to land on his feet. Matt Jackson sends it back in the corner into Nick and an assistant slice of bread. Oh. Well, Ricochet's got Jackson's coming from left, right and centre. <laughs> Eventually ends up in a pin attempt, but Swan there to save the day. My God. The action is broken down now. Ricochet a bit of trouble managing to reverse the Irish whip. Oh! Jesus Christ. Tornado DDT to Swan on the outside. And there is no wafer fin protective mats. This is just like a basketball court. Oh. As Ricochet dives over the top and takes out both young bucks. And the way he just leaped over the top. With ease. Sprung over, didn't even hit the side. 
That's probably when you tried starting. No, you, you, I can hear you. you Come on, Ricochet! Then I'll know. Oh, yeah, I remember doing that. Do you remember counting ahead of the count? Six. How cool <laughs> were we? You know, Ricochet picking up. Jackson going to put him down. No, missed with a kick. Oh, here we go. There's four men. In the ring. Going to suplex. <laughs> <laughs> that was absolutely brilliant. Well, Rich Swan gets thrown into Ricochet upside down. The Jacksons super kick a leg of Ricochet each, sending Rich Swan to be pile-drived by his own tag team partner. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, not enough to get a pin, though. Well, that was incredible by, by all four. Two cracking matches that we've seen just picking out. Uh-oh, and now we're going to see super kick party. Ricochet better not get up. He's in serious trouble. No, he blocks it, sends him into the kick. Sup up in Seguri from Ricochet. I'm sorry, but anybody who says they're just like spot monkeys or flips, then they're not seeing the true story here. It's a, it's a tremendous tag team matchup. All four men get to the feet now. And we get the A on A punches. Exchange after exchange. And what else can these four do to each other? Boom! <laughs> <laughs> An absolute brilliant moment of history. A four-way super kick. Wow. Young Bucks, Rich Swan. Rich, I'm so pleased. I mean, I know people are going to say, whoa. But come on, we haven't seen this in, what, six years? Yeah. And it just shows you that it's independent wrestling, you know, Rev Pro. And these four guys just got on to have... I can't remember who wins this. I don't think it matters, you know. I can't even remember the ending. The <laughs> only thing I remember from this match is the four-way super kick. <laughs> well, I think we sat in the car on the way back just watching the videos of it. Uh, I'll forever remember the super kick tombstone as well now. Yeah. Matt and Swan. Well, this could go either way. A super kick party. We're going to see one to finish off Swan. No, a shot with a cast. And that might have knocked Swan out. Well, Matt's got his hand in plaster. Four Americans as well. I wish I'd have got the Young Buck signatures now. Though. Yeah, exactly. I've got a picture of them. Ooh. No. Well, Ricochet kicked off Nick Jackson. Matt nearly got caught in a pin. Managed to get the shoulder up just at the last minute. And now he's going to look to put Rich on away. Ricochet moving out of the way. Ricochet comes in beautifully with a kick. <laughs> Both men on top. Oh, Hurricane Runner Swan onto Jackson. And now Ricochet up. Oh. Knees up for the shooting star. No. Ricochet just manages to kick out. Uh, and this is what wrestling is now. I think that's going on here. Absolutely. Oh my god, just super kicks to Ricochet and Swan's head. Oh. <laughs> but he gets caught with a double super kick. <coughs> Two, three. Swan there, beautiful. Bounce, bounce, <laughs> spins, takes him out. They with a win. victory, yeah. What do you think of that? Catch your breath. <laughs> well, you know, if I was a bit quiet during that match, I was just kind of absorbing what I was watching. Because, again, you know, I didn't appreciate it as much then as I do now. Wow. And, yeah, you know, an animal match with four phenomenal talents. I mean, again, wouldn't be out of place at a takeover or an AEW show or anywhere like that. These four guys. I mean, Ricochet is just fantastic. But the Young Bucks show they can do tag team wrestling, you know? Don't just have to rely on the same old shtick. Uh, does that give you a new respect for the Young Bucks now you've seen that? You know, I've always had... A bit of respect for the Young Bucks, yeah. You know, they're probably one of the well, most well-oiled tag teams that you can get. Without a shadow of a doubt. So, Dan, what have you thought on our catch-up on Rev Pro these last three events? 
Again, you know, it's the hugest thing is that I didn't appreciate what I was watching until I watched it back. And again, you know, if I could go back in time and go back there and uh, kind of get more pictures and autographs of, you know, especially all four of these guys as well, it would be absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and a sign of respect from all four as well. What a main event that was. Uh, So we're just going to wrap up now, Dan. So we're going to talk about the future, the future for wrestling, RevPro, WWE, what are your thoughts on it? Well, are we going to see independent wrestling again anytime soon? Um, again, you know, I'd like to see the indies again. You know, it's a shame that they don't do it at Sittingbourne anymore, which is just literally down the road for us. Yeah, but I just meant in general. Oh, as in, in like, general. Because yeah, RevPro haven't got any events at the moment in time. Um, because obviously they rely on the people attending the shows. <laughs> And they can't get anything at the moment. And, of course, all the other independents in the world. When, when do you see it back to normal? Uh, well, hopefully, you know, we don't see it kind of rushed back. You know, just for the sake of rushing it back. As much as I love wrestling, I'd rather, you know, than wait for the right time until this COVID-19 thing has kind of blown over. Yeah, I think without doubt, I think the future wrestling is going to be a difficult one. A lot of small companies are going to, you know, like I said, lose business and uh, and all this kind of stuff. But you have to stick together. If you've got favourite wrestlers you support, please go onto their pages, support them, buy their t-shirts, pro wrestling tees, support them. They've got Patreon and stuff like this as well. I think it's vital to do that, to keep independent wrestling. Ring of Honor haven't got any shows in June. Uh, NWA is slowly coming back. Support them as well. Like we said, try and support. Uh, buy, you know, the subscription services and anything else they have to offer. Impact are doing it. We know the same thing with AEW and WWE. WWE will be in no trouble anytime soon. Yes, the ratings are awful for on SmackDown, but it's just because it's... You know, at this time, people not probably not interested in seeing that. It's not got anything to do with the fact Drew McIntyre's a champion or anything else like that that people have been saying. It's an absolute joke that has been. But WWE will stay strong. But the independent scene, you have to support it. And like Rev Pro, just, you know, saying, uh, subscribe to Rev Pro, you know, uh, and like I said, whoever your favourite wrestler is, buy the T-shirts as well. But Dan, what's the future of the WNR? Um, is it written down? No, in your head. Oh, well, What's the you know, the future of the WNR, we are going to carry on. We're going to evolve to the current climax. We're just going to go on. We're going to be as strong as ever, and I'm going to beat James in the predictions this year. So we're going to keep going, like I said, and we're going to change up. The the thing that we've done the most recently has been on Twitter as well, getting on there. And, of course, we've been five years on Twitter. We'd just like to thank everybody as we hit 7,000 on there. And we'll try and, uh, like I said, we've got Twitter followers. And, of course, anybody else uh, will try and, you know at you because uh, if we've used you because we've used loads of people shout out today are probably more so than ever um, and that's on it for Twitter Our schedule coming up we've got money in the bank of course next week and double or nothing and we might have a very special surprise in a couple of weeks time as well uh, so that is it for the anniversary Dan five years what are your final thoughts on everything looked at talked about and done is there anything we've missed um, well, there's a lot I've forgotten about that we've done, um, and it is good kind of going for a stroll back down memory lane. It's, yeah, it's, it's been an eye-opener, and I might have to go back and listen to a few of the older podcasts. Yeah. Well, if anybody does want to listen to that, we've got our Match of the Years 2015 to 2020, where we've got our picks in the WNR Awards that you can go listen to, and the part one of the Women's Revolution as well, up until when we will bring you part two of that. Of course, like I said, lots of things to come, NXT update, and all this kind of stuff will keep you informed. But we have got our anniversary done, and like I say, it's been brilliant. Dan, uh, it's it's been a weird five years, uh, some ups, some downs, 
But like I say, we're still here and hopefully we'll continue to do this every week as we do. Indeed, yes. Hello and welcome to the WE Network Review. Hello and welcome to the WE Network Review. Hello and welcome to the WNR Podcast. Hello and welcome to the WNR Podcast. joined by my two friends, Dan White and Dwayne. My name's James Jones, as always I'm joined by Dan White and Jared Gawler. My name's James Rowlands and as always I'm joined by Dan White. I am James Rowlands and as always I'm joined by Dan White. Brand new podcast reviewing the WWE Network. It's episode 25 and it's episode 50 today. And it is a very special episode today because it is episode 75 and it is episode 99 today. This is a now moment, which is NXT from this week. I've just shown Jags and Joey's debut against Scott Dawson, NXT. Joey's going to kill him. Don't tap out, Metalli. Come on, son. You can do this. For the 3.11 Club. Oh, you let me down, son. But well done to my number one pick, TJP. And new (laughs) Cruiserweight champion. (laughs) He is. And also the winner of the CWC tournament as well. And it's the first episode of 205 Live. So it is on the WWE Network, so we are going to watch it right now. Have you got Ty Dillinger? Ty Dillinger is here at the Royal Rumble. The and perfect, I called it. Yeah, but the perfect tent. My man, I'm so glad you know. Yeah, I called it. To see him here. Hear voices, my son. Hear voices. Dead Randy Orton, Dan. Spin. Boom! RKO. Throw him out. Oh, yes! Man. Yes! Hear <laughs> <laughs> voices. Well, it needs a serious trouble. Another DDT now. Oh. Hits it. Rude, going for the cover. One, two, three. Bobby Rude has become the NXT champion. Tonight, destiny is made. And Bobby Rude has done it.
So don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WNetworkReview or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm at underscore Rollins across all the Google platforms. Send us an email at doublepodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Come and find our page and give us a like. I don't know. Uh, and also YouTube and Instagram, the Dublin Our Podcast on there. Subscribe to YouTube. You get all the latest clips. Like I say, the four way super kick is on there. The uh, 630 splashes are on there as well to watch or subscribe to Red Pro and watch the entire event like we did as well. And try and spot me and James. Yeah. Send us your screenshots or pictures of us in the crowd because yeah. we always like seeing ourselves. Where's Waldo? Something like that. Uh, anyway, don't forget, yeah, we're on there. Podcasts got the same time on YouTube and other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. I've had to do that myself for the past couple of weeks. Uh, Spreaker Radio, iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But that is it. That is five years. So, and here's to another five more. Stay safe, everybody. I have been James Rowlands, and as always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening for the past five years. We love you all. Bye. Bye.